Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we talk about popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. <sighs> and I'm a cotton-headed ninny muggins. I'm in a mouth. And putting his arm comfortingly around his cotton-headed friend, it's Britain. I appreciate the support. <laughs> hey man, we're here for you. It's true though, you are. You are kind of. You, yeah, it's true, but it's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate no. the support in, in the face of brutal truth. <laughs> now guys, we'll be reviewing a couple of Christmas movies this episode. In the first film, everybody's favorite cynical funny man plays a dad who's obsessed with his end-of-year finances because all he can think about is having fun in the sun. But when he learns that unexpected family is visiting her for Christmas, the hijinks ensue, including tormenting his snobby neighbors, falling off the roof while putting up decorations, blowing all the power in the neighborhood with his Christmas lights, and cruelty towards house cats. Of course, there are also some epic Christmas tree fails, and just wait until the police get involved. Now, I know I speak for all of us when I say that I can't wait to talk about this movie. So, Alex, go ahead and tell us the scores for National Lampoon's Christmas with the Cranks. (laughs) I'm having to mentally absorb all of that at the moment. This movie is Christmas with the Cranks if uh, it was... uh, uh, You mean Christmas Vacation. This movie is Christmas Vacation, excuse me. If Christmas Vacation was... The entire script of Christmas Vacation was put through a game of telephone underwater. <laughs> <laughs> this is basically my review. I, of I thought you were going to say it, it would have been Christmas Vacation if the script was written by a weed whacker. That's also true. <laughs> I, maybe all three. Early on in this movie, I thought, oh, I get it. Alex suggested this because it's his revenge for when we watched Santa Buddies. <laughs> Oh, this makes sense now. And then I became much more game because I was like, you know what? In fairness, still worth it. We did watch a CGI breakdance battle between two dogs. So, like, okay, all right. I put Alex through that. He can put I, me through this. I believe rap was involved. If I'm it, not mistaken, it absolutely was. And bling said by a young. Yo, I'm pretty dog. sure you can't even like understand that podcast. But please go back and, and watch it this holiday season. Watch, <laughs> it's, listen. It's a, it's a fun this one. holiday season. It's a fun one. So Christmas with the cranks. Woo. Uh, directed by Joe Roth, which is confusing because I thought it was directed by Chris Columbus. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's just written by him. Hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Why? I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it has, and beforehand, when we were just chatting, um, just talking about random stuff, just preparing for the podcast, I started giggling uncontrollably, and this was because I was gathering research. I was gathering <laughs> the stats. You're a research <laughs> nut. Christmas with the Cranks has a 5% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, which is Ooh, the lowest we have ever done. <laughs> that is the lowest critic score this we've ever done. This is the lowest? Done. Yes. Wow. But it's from the director of Revenge of the Nerds 2, Nerds in Paradise. And it has a 37% audience score, which is not the lowest for that, I don't believe. Or maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know any of the other movies. Yeah, this movie... Um... Oh, it's from uh, 2004. 2004, the year where we wanted more out of our Christmas movies. Yeah, I don't like this movie, guys. Um, it's a, <laughs> wait, it's a wait, bad, what, what? Yeah, it's a bad one. At this time, it's a bad one. Well, hold on. <laughs> Do we need to explain why we're doing this movie in the first place? 
it yes, because yes. because this is this is in the, the middle crossroads. of us this is in the middle of us doing the Santa Claus movies. And I thought to myself, I don't need this soul. What am I using it for? <laughs> and that's how you became a podcaster. I sure <laughs> did. The uh, See, you I know, said, you know, well, life is a straight white man with two white male I, friends. That's not exciting enough. I need to podcast about movies. <laughs> you know that you know that scene where, where Tim Allen's trying Mostly to put up Frosty, and, and yeah. like the, you see the fire in, in Frosty's uh-huh. eyes. That's Britain's soul. That's that's where it went. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. No, uh, <laughs> we're doing well, we're doing this because we wanted to because we realized there was going to be four recording like four release dates for mm-hmm. us in December. And we said, oh, we can do Santa Claus. And also, he's made this other Christmas movie. Yeah, uh, I, I don't want to talk down to our audience, because I'm sure they are all aware that uh, Christmas with the Cranks is a alternate reality version of uh, the Santa Claus. <laughs> yes. Um, it does have a, some similarities. A, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it is. Aside from the, just uh, Christmas. And a couple of references. It is in the Tim Allen Christmas multiverse. Yeah. Um, El Camino so, Christmas also being part of that. Correct. We'll, we'll probably get to that one. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. not. Mm. Preferably not, I think. <laughs> it's probably bad. I don't know. I, no one's seen uh, it. Um, but yeah, so uh, so we we figured we had to we had to bear witness, you know. Yeah, and uh, Alex is the one who kind of suggested this movie and said, "Hey guys, I'll I'll do these movies if we can do Christmas with the Cranks." <laughs> and I said, "Well, he's a fun loving boy." <laughs> <laughs> He's never steered us wrong before. <laughs> That's, that smile can't be one of duplicity. Um, a word I've used a lot recently, I'm just realizing, in my life. What does that say about who I'm around? Um, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, Alex, literally every time he said that, it's been aimed at me. <laughs> so, uh, no, not, not true. Alex, would you like to be the first or the last to deliver your best and worst things? You said we might be surprised by your take on the film. Oh, I'll be first. I want to get this out of the way. All right. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. <laughs> I don't like you. <laughs> now, and this is, uh, the, I'm not asking this condescendingly. I am asking oh, yeah. this to clarify. Did you enjoy it in a good, bad way or in a sincere way? Oh, good, in bad. In a way that... This, this, the, movie, okay. this movie is trash. It's absolute trash, and I okay. love so, every so second you, of it. You enjoyed it in the way that one would enjoy, like, uh, a Batman and Robin, a The Room. Yes. A Birdemic situation. Yes. Gotcha. Um, now I can, I, I can embrace that. One. I am asking this condescendingly. Who do you think you are? <laughs> First of all, how dare you? Well, let me look at my name tag here. Um, it says I'm Alex, and then I'm a, a podcaster. I'm not even sure what that is. You really are a conhead, mini muggin. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah. a weird. Oh, it says that in the fine print. It's like it's like point yes. five font. It's like the Santa Claus card. Yeah, it's the cottonhead clause. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The Ninny Muggins Claws. And it says, oh, if you ever review Christmas with the Cranks, you uh, can never be allowed to choose movies on this podcast again. <laughs> That's accurate. We don't have to do James Bond! Yeah. <laughs> it's a Christmas movie. We're doing How to Train Your Dragon next. I can't wait. But at what cost? <laughs> um, All right, get, well, yeah, get your, get your it, things out of the way. Well, I, I'll do a little bit of a preamble here. Um, oh, why wouldn't you? I don't know. I was a, I was a young boy of 13. <laughs> A, a shrinking violet, if you will. I'm not sure how much of this movie, if I have... Not like, a weenie whistle to my name. Oh, uh, sure. <laughs> Why not? Go on. Um, I'm not sure if I have any sort of nostalgic value tied to this movie. Mm. I actually saw it in the theaters with my family. If you can believe okay. that. Um, uh, what was the weather like that day? <laughs> oh, man. It's probably snowing. <laughs> really? I don't know. Well, it's Alaska, so yeah, probably. Yeah, that makes sense. It was underwater with the Titanic, so I don't know. Um, 
Yeah, I, 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 this is a Christmas movie I see fairly regularly around the holidays. Huh. I know everybody kind of has their, their go-to Christmas movies. And for some reason, this ends up being that for me. And this this movie is just like it, – it's like a living nightmare. Like it's, it's just <laughs> – yes. it's just – this bizarre fever dream of a film, and I, I, I feel like I know what it's going for at some points, and then it just goes like completely off the yeah. rails. And I absolutely love it. it's a train wreck, and I love it. <laughs> um, I think in terms of my best thing, it's just going to be the entire cast. Um, okay, even though hmm. most yep. everyone is playing like a completely unlikable person. Mm. Um, I really enjoy them. Jamie Lee Curtis is giving it her all. She is very committed to this. Um, yeah, I agree. I don't. I wouldn't say that I like the performance, but I admire the dedication to yeah. the performance. Well, also just the fact that, like, you know, everybody kind of knows her from the Halloween movies. Uh, oh, she's the scream cre- scream queen or whatever, and then she yeah. kind of just uses that in a completely different context. That's yeah, because she does go on in varying tones of woo throughout the film. Yes. Uh, one of my favorite scenes is when she's trying to drive her van past the neighbors and Dan Aykroyd oh, just sure. shoves his hands in the car. <laughs> Nora, you're making a mistake. Don't do this. The the putting that in the under the or in the context of she was almost paradising her Halloween screen queen persona yes. makes me like that performance. I definitely picked up on that. I think they were yeah. going for that to some extent. Okay. She screams I... way too much in this movie for that is... not to be in the back of somebody's mind. There was okay. an attempt. I that that completely changes my perspective on that performance in a good way. Yes. Okay. Anyway, continue. Because I yeah I agree. There's a lot of uh, talented people in this movie. Um, I think I, I found Tim Allen funny. I, I think part of it is I found everybody funny. Um. Mm. As much of a nightmare as this movie is, I think I think it is genuinely funny. Either either you know, sometimes it's it's very unintentionally funny because it's just like a complete mess, and sometimes it's like, oh, that's a actually pretty funny funny moment. Um, mostly just because it's so crazy. Um, the the just the bit where where Tim Allen is trying to. Uh, put up Frosty and Frosty is trying to kill him and he falls off like all of that is like it's really poorly shot and poorly edited and it's it's just strange sure. and I was laughing my head off um I don't know I, I Tim Allen I, I found very enjoyable despite his character being terrible um Dan Aykroyd it kind of steals the show uh, and maybe that's just because it's Dan Aykroyd being Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> he did bring a lot of fiercely Canadian energy to this movie. Yes. Um, Are you going to put up your frasty? Et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other highlight I would say is probably M. Emmett Walsh. Yes. Um, because he's... Yeah. He... As, as the one human being in the film. <laughs> yes. Correct. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just like genuinely... It, it's one of those movies where it's... It, I think of it as like a good hangout movie where it's just like, oh, I kind of like this this collection of actors. Let me just see them do things. Oh, hey, it goes nuts. Yeah, cracks and brews. That um, was my I, – I think I mentioned this to you guys. I, it very much felt like this was a movie that if I didn't know anything about it and it just was like on TV and it just popped up yeah. in the middle of like you – know, I was hanging out with my family or something and it was just on TV – we would be doing something else. We'd be playing games, doing a puzzle, you know, what something along those lines, looking up cats trivia, perhaps. Um, and 
would just look up occasionally and be like, oh, hey, Tim Allen being silly. Right. Okay, cool. Like, I, I think it is, it has such a veneer of competence, uh, a facade of, of being a real movie. Yeah. Um, that, that I think hides it fairly well if you're not paying attention. I would agree with right. that. Because it's shot like a normal Christmas, yeah. like a generic right. family film. And there's clearly money they put into it. A lot of familiar faces. Yeah. You know. Uh, if you're like actually paying attention to it, it's so genuinely insane. Yes, yeah. um, I think my worst thing is just going to be how much it squanders this premise and mm-hmm. how contradictory it is and what it's trying to yep. say ultimately. Yep. Um, so, so let me let me break this down a little bit. Everybody knows Christmas with the Cranks. It's about the, this this married couple. Their daughter has gone off to to go with the Peace Corps in, in another continent. And so they, they decide, hey, we're skipping Christmas. It'll save us a whole bunch of money. We can kind of just enjoy the holidays to, you know, f- just for the two of us, and we don't have to deal with the neighbors or anything. Um, and then, uh, like like a dictatorship, just all of their neighbors just turn on them and start harassing them. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you have to celebrate Christmas. It's blasphemy that you don't. Um, and, and They're uh, like religious zealots. But it's ironically, it's... it's yeah, yeah, it's a completely secular Christmas. Yes, yeah. There's no. I mean, there's a a reverend in the film, but they ne- like Jesus. And it, it's just supposed to be like, oh, mentioned. that's the local reverend. Yeah. Right, right. That's it. It's um, never mentioned in the context of like. Uh, it, it's yeah. It, it never. Which I guess is probably a, a safer way to play it mm-hmm. for for the studio from the studio's perspective. Oh yeah, certainly. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's a very secular Christmas that they're all celebrating. Yeah, um, and it, I, I don't necessarily have a problem that they're not making it more religious. Oh yeah, no, same. Whatever. Um, but the weird thing is, it, it's it's not a situation where I, because when I started watching, I thought, oh, are they going to explore like capitalism and how that affects or consumerism? <laughs> I guess and and how like <laughs> you said, explore. you know. <laughs> No, because like everybody's so obsessed with like, oh, you need to buy this tree, you need to give the, uh-huh. get these presents, you need to to hang up all these lights, basically buying into the consumerism of a normal American Christmas. Sure. And I thought it was going to be some kind of exploration of that, and how maybe like you don't need that in order to have a good Christmas with your family, as long as your family's there and you're with your loved ones and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once they're like, oh, our daughter's coming back. No, 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 no. We do need to go this get all this stuff. We new, need to engage in the consumerism. We need to get everyone involved. Hey, the neighbors, help us out and all this stuff. Let's steal a tree. Um, so at the end, it's kind of it's it's a mixed bag in terms of what it's yeah. trying to say because it's just like, well, your family's here, but don't you have all this stuff too? Yeah. Well, it's also the we're trying to avoid Christmas. That's less than half the movie. Yeah. Yep. Oh, it's a third. Yeah, I checked it. The, like I checked the time code when they get the phone call that Blair is gonna be there for Christmas, and now it's like, how do we do this? It was like forty something minutes had transpired, and fifty something minutes were left in the movie. So, it's that's not even like most of the movie, which is yeah. frustrating. Right. I I had the experience of watching it. I was like, oh, okay, so this is like this is the last act. Like we're now yeah, yeah, yeah. because that's how long the first forty minutes of the mm-hmm. movie felt, and the last fifty minute last fifty minutes of the movie. Did not feel much shorter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is an hour and thirty-eight minute movie. <laughs> like I didn't feel the length at all. Sure, it goes more quickly than other movies we've watched for the show. Absolutely, 
Like um, what? Uh, the, any James Bond movie. Oh, <laughs> okay. that's that's hurtful. <laughs> um, uh, James, which are also all tend to be longer than this. That's true. And I was going to say Batman versus Superman, but that's a low blow because that movie th- is very long. Yes. Um. So yeah, at the end, I, I don't really know what what it's trying to say, and it's it's just... well, part of it is that Santa's a pervert. That's part of oh, what they're saying. Well, wait, what? Yeah. Come again? Because the creepy guy, Marty, mm-hmm. who just knows who everyone is mm-hmm. and who's, like, really super creepy about it, is like, oh, hi, Nora. Oh, I'd love to go to the party. Oh, yes. Blair. How's Blair? I thought he, was just, knows I he thought was. was just weird around everyone. He is weird around everybody. But then at the end of the movie, he dresses up as Santa and says, Correct. Santa always has to work on Christmas Eve. And then you see some reindeer flying, pulling his bad car. No, I no, no, no. I got that he was Santa. To me, pervert's the wrong word, but it's a funnier no, word for what I was saying. That's yeah, okay. That that was a, what I was confused. It's a funnier about. way to say he's a creep. Yeah, he's just like a weird dude, and I that made, I didn't like that. I was like, don't have that. Come on. I get that the joke is Santa. No, he he knows all this stuff because he's Santa. He knows these people. because Well, also, he's Santa. what does that have to do with the exactly. rest of the movie? Like, it's it's literally no, nothing. And it's not like. He was he Santa and he's like they're like how are we gonna get this party ready? Hmm, I have a few ideas. Taps the nose. Yeah, exactly. And then suddenly there's a tree. Santa has a a much better things to do than to be wasting his time with these yahoos. The the other thing is that the end of the movie is supposed to be a setup payoff thing because he's like you you I told you you needed an umbrella. Yeah, hit a burglar with all your stuff. I need to talk about that opening scene as well. Yeah, yeah, we can get into, yeah. like, the specifics of that scene. But basically, early in the movie, Santa was like, oh, hey, you need an umbrella because it's pouring rain. Right. But then at the end of the movie, Santa's there to knock the burglar out. So it's like, yeah. if it would be a setup, if it was like, oh, Tim Allen bought an umbrella because he finally got tired of being caught in the rain. And he was like, all right, fine. And instead of him yeah. just, oh, he got really wet, it was like, okay, it's he, he, bought, he finally gave up and bought an umbrella. Yeah. And Santa laughed at him or whatever. And then at the end of the movie, he uses it to knock out the burglar. Then that's a setup. And then Santa shows up. He's like, I told you you need an umbrella. That's a thing. Yeah. That's story. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't living at Code Red. He was living at Code White. This is why you need to have a gun. That's just like, oh what? I don't... There was no... Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, what what kind of a payoff is that when it's not even that? <laughs> when it's not... When a, it's really just, yeah. you need an umbrella... Well, I gotta be there. Don't worry, I had no Oh problem. man, I had to stop Christmas to save you. Also, I want to, for the listeners who haven't seen this movie, Tyler did say, Santa's there to knock out the burglar. Which, you might be thinking, uh, where can I get this movie? This sounds crazy <laughs> and fun. I had the not fun experience of watching this crazy movie. Um, so, but that's that Alex clearly did see it as a good bad movie, so maybe you would, well, you would find it crazy enjoyable. Or maybe I, you'll I be don't. like, Alex, why did you do this to me again? <laughs> um, so just just one, I... just one last thought, and then I'll let you guys continue. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really think the premise of a couple trying to skip Christmas and just like exploring that idea, I think that's inherently a mm-hmm. good idea for a movie. Um, sure. And I, I do genuinely appreciate the payoff at the end where, where Tim Allen willingly gives up the tickets yeah. for the cruise to, to M. Emmett Walsh and his wife. Um that was like the only bit of the movie where I felt anything. Um, and it feels like, and that, that's a, a well done part of that movie. Yes. And that is a a set. That's something that they have set up nicely. Yes. That Emmett Walsh is his wife is very ill. Yes, and he has this kind of uh, contentious relationship with Tim Allen. Yeah, then, it's a very uh, tiny Tim sure type thing. Sure. Well, it's not. Like, it's okay, nice that they they don't come around. 
it's it's nice that they don't like it's not too easy like basically Tim Allen like he he goes over there basically to give them the ham and to be like oh hey you, you guys have a nice Christmas or whatever then he's then he, he he can't bring himself to give them the, the cruise tickets starts to walk away and then he's like stuck between the you know he's stuck in the middle of the street and then he turns around I don't know I, I liked all that yeah. stuff and in terms yeah, of yeah, of Tim Allen's character being unlikable for most of the movie that was the one part where I was like okay he had he had somewhat of a character arc all right, right. that's acceptable yeah. but yeah shall I yeah so I'm gonna say my best thing is some you mentioned the cast uh, I liked seeing a lot of character actors that I liked pop up in this movie most of them didn't really get to do much. Uh, most notably, I was really happy to see Mark Christopher Lawrence. Um, he plays the guy, I think his name is Wes, mm-hmm. whose uh, Christmas tree Tim Allen borrows. Yes. Um, Mark Christopher Lawrence, you'd recognize, he was one of the orderlies in Terminator 2 Judgment Day. But for me, he will always be Big Mike from Chuck. He was He's just a really, really fun performer on that show. I, I, I really, really like his work on, on Chuck. And I just I don't get to see him very often, and I like seeing him in this. And I'm sure you also, appreciated him laughing at Tim Allen. Oh, yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, someone had to. Um, <laughs> sorry. It's okay. Uh, I, I did it plenty. <laughs> uh, Bonita Friedrichsey is also in this movie, also from Chuck. She was Colonel Beckman. Uh, three-time Tony nominee Kevin Chamberlain, that's right, Horton the Elephant from Seussical, is in this as the guy with the Christmas trees. He's selling the Christmas trees. Always happy to see him. Oh, right, right. Uh, you mentioned Emma Walsh, who I think is the best performance in the movie. Um, Jake, Jake Busey's one of the... Uh, yeah, officers. Jake Busey. And, uh, I like, uh, Cheech Marin and Jake Busey. I always like Cheech Marin. I thought Cheech Marin was fun. Um, always good to see them. Uh, Dan Aykroyd. Uh, 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 Eric Persullivan, who's Dewey on Malcolm in the Middle, is in this. He's he's Spike, right? Spike. He's Spike. Yeah. I mm-hmm. like Which, him. by the way, <laughs> the scene where Tim Allen assaults Spike and he like tackles him to the ground. Yeah, that's one of those moments where like it, it just got a reaction out of me where it was sure. just so absurd. It's <laughs> like, also got, this, like this, you know, he's abusing this kid. Why sure. is this in a family film? You know what happens? Just like Patrick Breen, and you've got Caroline Ray, who's very funny, <laughs> who is in two scenes and says about six lines in this movie. Yes, and that's a little dismaying. Uh, but otherwise, it was just like, oh, cool! I get to just know that these actors are here and got some work, and that's nice. Uh, uh, Britain, it's okay. There's, there's, yeah. there, there's six reels in Joe Roth's house of, of the full five-hour version of Christmas with the Cranks. You know, release the Roth cut. Is all I'm saying. Thank you. It's Christmas. It's Christmas time, guys. Yeah, the Eli Roth cut. Oh my! Yeah. <laughs> that's a very different movie, mm-hmm. or maybe the same. <laughs> um. My worst thing is, and this is not taking aim at you, Alex. This is just to provide a contrast. I, I did not have the good-bad experience with this movie. Okay. Um, for me, it never... I, I think a truly good, a truly great good-bad movie for me, uh, Room, Birdemic Camp, etc., those movies, there is a... The unpredictability is, is, it comes from both the ineptitude of the people making it and also the overconfidence of the people make the boldness of oh we are we know we are a, a this is a powerful statement we are really saying something here this is a movie about life and death and and the universe but it's the room you know what i'm saying right and this movie it, it never got cra- it, it does it is crazy i completely agree and in some ways that is enjoyable but i feel like if i told someone the plot of this movie that would be funny, but if I actually sat and watched it, 
which I did, but you know what I'm saying? Like, as you're watching it, it's not, I don't get that same kind of enjoyment from it. I feel like it's so, and you pointed this out, like how disjointed it is that it seems to be a movie about, well, we're skipping Christmas and our neighbors are crazy, but also we're jerks. And then it's really about, no, we've all got to make Christmas happen after all. Right. But it, not really. But then it's what really is a, the, It's really a metaphor for America. I, you know? I mean, honestly. <laughs> but it's such a strange... So, so what, what, I, what I think this movie would have benefited from is a wider, um, d- clear distinction of the degrees or the extremities that the cranks and the neighbors are at. Right. Because... These people are called the cranks. So mm-hmm. you kind of expect, oh, they're going to be like really grouchy and curmudgeonly. And, and Tim Allen is, because Tim Allen, one of my notes was, he is the epitome of a 90s sitcom dad. Yep. Where he is always fed up with everything because everyone is stupid and everything is done wrong, but he knows exactly what to do in every situation. And he's always right, and he's so put upon by this inept world of, of stupid teenagers. Mm-hmm. That, and that is what that is the 90s sitcom way. That being said, I am glad that they didn't have a subplot of him having to, to save his job or to get the big oh, account yes. or something like that. No, Yeah, I agree. That is, that is a, a mercy. I, um, just, just completely like – they're just like he works at a job and somebody makes a jab at him once for it. Yeah. All right, we're he moving it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but it's a movie that I, so I I feel like not, neither he nor uh, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's character are particularly likable, which I don't need my movie characters to always be likable. You look at a movie like Can You Ever Forgive Me, which is a, a very different movie and a, a really beautiful, well told movie about characters that aren't necessarily likable, but it gives you enough to empathize with them, right? Which is really all you all you need. Or you look at a show like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which are about, it's about despicable people, mm-hmm. but we all get together and laugh at how these monsters are failing and everything. And this movie, I think, the cranks never get awful enough, sure. which almost makes them more dislikable, because they're not cartoonish enough to be like, oh man, we're on this crazy ride, look at these knuckleheads. That's true. It's like, but it's more like, no, they have moments where they're like, Good de- and I kind of side with them because their neighbors are so autocratic and like you have to be doing this yep. and the- so I'm like, well, I'm kind of on their side, but more because you're monstrous because Tim Allen doesn't say I love you to his daughter like ever sure. in the movie and she says it I think at least twice. Yeah, and then she calls and he gets upset that she's ringing up the phone bill and ringing up a man, <laughs> ringing up a man. He's because again he's so and this is the writing not blaming this on Tim Allen. He's so that's very good. <laughs> he's very he's so stuck in like. The, the sitcom dad mode. Um, and then you have like moments where they're like, Nora especially is like, they're nice well-meaning people who are just trying to mind their own business, but also they're jerks for no reason. They're not going to donate, like not celebrating Christmas means we can't donate to like hungry children and stuff. Yeah, and it's that, like, that was, that was, and the fact that they made that like a plot point, like that, that halts yeah. the movie for, for a few minutes. Yeah. Like it's literally like, Within, like, one scene transition, like, subplot gone, I've, I've heard yeah. being like, I'm not going on the cruise with you unless you, you uh, give money to these charities. And he's like, yeah. you're still not going to go on this cruise because I won't give money to the charity? And she's like, yep. And he's like, yeah. fine, I'll do it. And then, like, done. Like, yeah. Why? Yeah, it, it, don't even have it be in the movie. <laughs> this is part of my worst thing. We're going to do it. Also, yeah, that, that, also I, I found it interesting that they have a Christmas wreath on their house. I don't uh-huh. know if you guys noticed that. No, and, it, and Tim and, and it took a while for Tim Allen to take it off. Yeah, he, but he seems so hellbent about like complete and total boycott that mm-hmm. the fact that the, it's never really called out of like, yeah. oh, the neighbors yeah. put that there or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I noticed. I'm that getting in sure. the weeds here. I recognize that. <laughs> 
the Christmas. Oh, don't movies. worry, don't worry. Just <laughs> g- give me a minute here. <laughs> it, it, it's a movie that I, I, I think what would have worked is if when we worked a little clearer is if they had this very clear like the cranks are a really sweet, nice, well-meaning couple who go, you know what, Blair's not going to be here this Christmas, and that's a shame. But we always spend so much money. Hey, do you want to just like have a quiet Christmas or just not even do Christmas? Want to go on a cruise? Mm-hmm. And it's but they're so sweet about it. Like, hey, everybody, we love you guys. We know it's all really beautiful. We're just gonna do our own thing. Thank you so much. Next year we'll be back on it. And they're like, and then you know, if they were played by like, I don't know, two really sweet actors, who not to say that these actors can't be sweet, Walsh and Emma Walsh and, and whoever. But you know what I'm saying? Like these two really lovely. People and and then the neighbors were just cartoonishly monstrous. It would be like, oh, I'm totally feeling for these guys. This is crazy. Or if it were flipped and it's like they were complete, they were total Scrooges. And then the neighborhood was like a bunch of sweet people. Like, well, let's give them a nice Christmas this year. That that is what frustrated me with with the inconsistency in what the movie was trying to say. Because it's the same problem I have with the live action Grinch movie, actually. Mm. Okay. Um, where that movie actively makes many, if not most, of of the uh, Whoville Whovians? Is that what we're calling them? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, that's yeah, that's think... actually not. Oh, that's Doctor Who, right? <laughs> you're, you're, think you Whovians... don't want to. We don't want to get that in our feed. <laughs> all the Whovians. That... Yeah, actually, hold on. Uh, Alex just said Doc said Whovian. I have to delete all my social media. Um, <laughs> what? What? It... Throw the phone out and start yeah, over. Yeah, really. I gotta. Got I know they're name. just called. Hoops. Tyler said my full name on the last episode. By the way, <laughs> you did, did I? My mom pointed it out to me. She was like, "Yeah, he said Britain last name withheld, said such and like gave whatever two stars." And I was like, "Huh?" I, I, I don't, I don't care. But like, I thought it was kind of funny. I shouldn't draw attention to it on the podcast. Now, now I'm a part of it. I'm complicit. Continue. Now they're going back and listen to it. I know, right? Your entire life, the Whovians are coming for you. <laughs> it's okay. If Britain, don't blink, right, gang? Britain Finkel. <laughs> from yeah, Britain Fingal from San Juan, Puerto Rico. <laughs> It's an ethnic name. <laughs> better than so anyway. Better than but, but Enrique. Talking about, but the, so we're, the, yeah, yeah, why we're, is that a yeah. joke? Whatever. Don't Anyways, worry about it. But the, who, the um, who's down in Whoville who's, in the live action. Um, the movie goes out of its way to make most of them very unlikable, and it's supposed to be similar to this, where it's supposed to be an attack on like consumerism around Christmas time. Um. But that completely defeats the purpose of the Grinch yeah. story and is only there to give the Grinch motivation and to sure. make him seem more sympathetic. Uh, because you get to the end of the original Grinch story and it's supposed to be like, oh, I, I can't wait to see how they're going to react with all their presents and, and doodads. And then they're just like, okay, we got family. We're, we're, we're singing. We're, we're, we're happy. Christmas is here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the movie like completely – Throws that out the window, basically, and I feel like right. it, it's similar vein, but it it does that yeah. here. Yeah, and so, and so I think this movie just it had such an imbalance where these characters aren't they are neither likable and like likable enough or dislikable enough. There's not enough of a change between, and and then like at the end of it, all the neighbors are helping them put Christmas together. So then we kind of like the neighbors now. I did, I did like the scene. turnaround hadn't been earned enough, I think. I know, I know I keep interrupting you because I just want to keep pointing out stuff that I enjoyed or, or or have strong feelings about before Tyler completely tears this to shreds. Um, I did like the scene where Dan Aykroyd gives his little speech about everybody getting together. And then somebody screams, wait, why are we helping him? Yeah, he's a (laughs) jerk. Exactly. And and that was, I mean, that sums up the movie. It's like, but why are, because it's not like, they went quiet, and Tim Allen's 
was was driven to being a jerk. He was already a crabby, right. cynical yeah. guy who wouldn't tell his daughter he loved her as she got on the plane right. for a year. And also, I, I feel like Jamie Lee Curtis would immediately be like, you guys were chasing after me in my car. Like, what is wrong yeah. with you? Yeah. It also took Jamie Lee Curtis, like, a long time to grasp how these rules worked. Yeah. He kept having to remind her, like, total boycott. And she'd be like, we can't even have Christmas carolers. You know, she just never understood yeah, because Because we have to remind the audience that it's yeah, a total really. boycott, mm-hmm. Britain. That's why, they, yeah, that's why they repeat information and exposition that you learned in the previous scene sure. in the very next scene. So wait, your parents were killed by a bank robber and you were scared of bats? <laughs> With great power comes a big uh, responsibility? Um, a whole lot of... You know, needing to do stuff. So there's a galaxy that needs guarding? Um, I don't know. Now, this is a hotel, but for dogs? The Star Wars, they happened somewhere else. (laughs) Which ones are the wars? And it was like more than a few years ago? Like it was quite a long time ago, actually? So this is Beethoven's second. (laughs) So this implies there is a previous Beethoven, should I wish to dig, as Beethoven might for, say, a bone. Merry Christmas, everyone! Like now, that. now this is the life of a bug. I want to start saying. in the same way. In the same way that uh, we we have uh, consistently pushed the uh, the the narrative that the uh, the media doesn't want you to know that that Taft uh, was responsible for the sinking of the Titanic, which is accurate. <laughs> the uh, I, I would like to now present another conspiracy, which uh, I've just discovered, but I believe wholeheartedly okay. that uh, Beethoven uh, was not real. Mm. Uh, they, they, he was a, it's, it's a, it's a real, it, it's the a dog or the composer? The composer. Okay. Composer. That was, I'm pretty sure that was a real dog. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, the, the, uh, it's, it's a real, uh, Paul is dead situation. Oh. Uh, where, where, or I shouldn't say Beethoven is not real, but at one time he, he was alive, but it, he was not alive for the composing yes. of his, his musicals. Something so else. he, he died, uh, someone else replaced him and, right. There, there's no actual impact on our daily world by the fact that someone yeah. replaced him. But it was not the original Beethoven. Interesting. I, I think this holds up, mm-hmm. frankly. Have I you mean, ever seen Beethoven? I haven't. Or a million dollars. And uh, well, and I think too, there's even like a school of thought that all of his music was written by a talking sheep. Oh, <laughs> is there? And also, look, hey, um, Beethoven was a sheep. Hashtag Beethoven. Wake up, sheeple. Hashtag Beethoven. <laughs> no, that's that's Bach. Bach. <laughs> Bach. We have fun here. That's so good. Britain, what was your worst thing? My worst thing was ultimately that I feel like because of the... the, the there wasn't a, enough of an extreme between the neighbors and the cranks that it felt just this weird like, well, I'm not... I, I don't know how to feel about any of you. Yeah. Because you're all kind of likable and kind of dislikable. Which is like, in most movies, is a good thing when characters are human. But this didn't feel dimensional. This felt confused. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and it just, I, I, I don't know. I think this is, clo- for me, it was close to being a good bad, but never got, it wasn't strangely consistent. I don't know. It, it, yeah. it, it wasn't enough for me. If you want to watch a really, like, a, just a crazy, a good, bad Christmas movie, I would recommend Christmas in Wonderland starring Patrick Swayze, mm-hmm. which is not perfect uh, as a good, bad, but it's a pretty bonkers, weird uh, sure. experience where you get to find out that Patrick Swayze and Tim Curry did know each other, which is fun for me yeah. to know. 
Yeah, so that's mine. Now, Tyler, before you uh, give your best and worst, I, I just want to clarify. So the devil was in a blue dress, and we're seeing the devil in the blue dress again. Okay. Now, oh, okay. What, what I think you need to understand as well um, is that the woman had tattoos, oh. and they were of uh, a dragon. Okay. Is what. Now, this is interesting. <laughs> now, what did she do to the hornet's now, nest again? No, no, no. Someone was killed, right? Uh-huh. This was on a train, okay. um, and the train was called the Orient Express. <laughs> now, are we. Is this like a magic school bus where we are going inside Lewin Davis? Is this like a, <laughs> an educational film for toddlers? I we're think it's dur- a metaphor. We're doing all of Lewin's sad folk music. Guys, this is our podcast. <laughs> remember, remember that scene Welcome. where he's. He's, he's auditioning for F. Murray Abraham, and he's doing the death of Queen Jane. And then F. Murray Abraham goes, hang on, you got a sinus infection. i got to explore that. And then he gets in his bus and goes into Lewin Davis's nose. And he's like, Excelsior, or whatever. And then he's like exploring, and Carlos is making bad jokes. Remember that part? So my best thing about Christmas yeah, with the Cranks is... It is uh, going to be the scene with with uh, the uh, the venerable uh, Michael Emmett Walsh, um, yeah, where I, where Tim Allen does give him the the cruise tickets. That, that is a delightful, like just out of nowhere, just like oh, this is actually a really nice human interaction. Where Tim Allen's like, no, I'm just I'm giving you the tickets, take them. Like you know, well, it's, it is well written and it's well and played by everybody in that there. There is there is an excellent, like a genuinely excellent shot of Tim Allen standing in the snow with the the the. Um, Christmas lights around him, and he's like looking back, but he's like facing towards the house, yep, mm-hmm. uh, toward, towards his own house. And it's 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 a actually, I was like, oh, that's like a this good shot. Like I don't, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess a, a broken clock is right twice a day or whatever. But like <laughs> somehow you landed on the shot. But then also they show that, and then he starts walking back, and then they do another wide shot that's not quite as like striking. And it's like, sure. well, okay, you just just show it, and then he goes mm-hmm. back and whatever. Yeah. Anyway, he, he does look in the window of his own house a couple of times in that scene. Yes. Hey, yeah, I do have a family. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, so that's that. Uh, I agree. My, it's, it's a lovely scene. I have two worst things. Um, one is that I only laughed once, and it was at the joke where uh, where they're, they're in the airport, and they look around. They being Blair and her new boyfriend, Enrique. Yes. But uh, they've written on the card, it says Blair and... Enrique, as you mentioned yeah. earlier. In dot and I think I just wasn't expecting it. And it was like the only thing that was like supposed to be funny in yeah. the movie that actually made me laugh. Um, That's fascinating. At the same time, I was like, Cheech Marin would know how to... He would know what well, the name Enrique is. And, and it, it, yeah, it is also like, this is not like... Like, I think that's offensive. Yeah. <laughs> and I know like it's a joke about like Jake Busey's character being stupid and not knowing it. Well, yeah, I, I agree. I, I, had I thought it was a joke. My, to me, I interpreted it as a joke as that was... How Tim Allen told him to. Like, oh, yeah, like he gave correct him the me if I'm wrong. Doesn't Tim Allen the, make yeah, a comment previously about that being a weird yes. name? Like it's it's oh, done yeah. a couple yes. of times. Like he repeats the name a couple, and it's like he doesn't know until she goes, "You called him Rick or something," yeah. and then he's like, "Oh yeah, Rick." Yeah. Um, I'm like, why is that? So, yeah. Why is this a running? At least they they don't have everybody like insulting him for his ethnicity or or something sure, weird sure. like it's that. Just, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's a handsome couple, by the way. Blair and Enrique are both very good-looking people. That's true. Uh, very photogenic. My other worst yeah. thing is Tim Allen's character, which is to say <laughs> it's time to talk about the rest of the movie. Um, so 
the the central point of this movie, right, is, is first of all, I, I mentioned Christmas Vacation earlier. I do have like a gen- genuine criticism, probably several comparing these. Um, I am not like the biggest fan of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I think it's funny. I think you know it's a mm. it's holiday classic. Obviously, um, it's kind of I've never seen it. Just for the record, it's kind of weird going back to it. I, I think it's a little bit outdated. Sure, um, but it's an entertaining enough Christmas movie, and obviously it's a classic for a reason. Yeah, um, that's like what eighty. 80- 89 or something like that? Something like that. Yeah. Um, the there's no way of knowing, really. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll never uh, find out. No. Um, the, there's a, basically the, the recurring thing is that, and that is that Chevy Chase, he really wants this pool, and he's waiting for his end-of-year bonus, and he's constantly dreaming about this pool. So he's, he's constantly looking off into the distance, and he's imagining some model in a bikini walking around his pool, and, yeah. and he, it's doing the Melikaliki Maka Okay. Oh, I, I think that's the name. I don't know what the name of that is, but it's doing that, and like that's that's the whole thing. And and he's constantly dreaming about this, and and like he's getting distracted, and people are like trying to talk to him in the, in his kitchen, but he's looking out his window, imagining this pool. It's this dreamy, very like silly, sort of iconic gag thing, you know, like like it's a, it's a recurring thing throughout the movie. Yeah, um, that like is pretty pretty famous, I would say, like associated with that. In this. Immediately, and, and Alex, I know you had some stuff to say about this for this opening scene. We'll get to that. But I want to I talk about Tim Allen's decisions early on here. <laughs> he, he's going to not, get... Not, not, not uh, Luther Crank. Not his Tim decisions. No. Tim, Tim Allen's Allen decisions that have led up to this point. Every one of the decisions Tim Allen's character character makes on Tim Allen for doing this movie. <laughs> so that's where we're going. Um, so first, he, he, he drives up to this general store or whatever, and... Um, He's he's parked. They're there, and he's like, "I don't want to get out because it's raining, so we can't buy stuff. <laughs> like we, we're here to buy stuff. I can't buy anything because it's raining. I don't want to get out of the car." And so, first of all, what you drove here? What are you? Are you not, you're just that's not yeah. how people work. <laughs> I realize it's raining very badly. It's ten feet away. Yeah, you're gonna be okay. And there's, like, a full, like, argument about this between him and Jamie Lee Curtis for a little bit. And I'm like, okay, this is a great start. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, it's not It's um, not even an argument. It's, I'm not going out there. Well, I need that stuff. I'm not going out there. I still need that stuff. Like, there's... Yes. They, they're just repeating the same lines at each other. I use the, the description, um, this movie feels like a, a movie that was made by aliens trying to figure out how... I'm, movies work uh, a lot <laughs> i've used that many times over the podcast this this might take the cake like this is the most like how do you like how did this get made by people who are trying to emulate human behavior yeah <laughs> um and so tim allen he, he gets his stuff he comes back he forgets the other stuff and he's, he has to go back in the store whatever but at some point in this he turns around and he sees a billboard and the billboard has a cruise on it and he's like cool let's go on a cruise and that's that's the there's no like establishment because like the, that's the thing with Christmas Vacation is that like that fact that he has that that crazy fantasy that doesn't really make sense and you know like it, it, he's got a wife like he's he's dreaming about some like yeah. hot girl like it, it's it's not a real like thing but he's got this fixation this, this like super I don't know uh, masculine dad ideal yeah. fantasy thing that he's just obsessed with. This is just, literally just like Tim Allen sees a billboard. And he's like, "Yeah, let's do Christmas <laughs> on a cruise." And it's like that's that's the motivate. That's why they decide to completely change everything. Yeah. Then 
he goes to uh, present this to to his wife. First of all, there's a whole thing about like she thinks that he wants to to, to go sleep with her. Yeah, and it's just upsetting. This, this movie does do a flip on the old trope where the wife is the one who really wants to have sex and he doesn't understand. He's like, "What are you doing? That's what I'm talking about. This other thing." So that's something. And I think he in, in, in the interim he ha- he did have the scene where he was at work and he was crunching their expenses. Yes. Yes. So like that was another motivation, but I but I guess it was, well the, that was the billboard motivated him to look into yes, exactly. the funds, yeah. And so then he presents this to her, right? And he's like, "All right, so we are going to quit Christmas, boycott Christmas, because I figured out that we spend six thousand dollars on Christmas every year, and actually uh, the cruise will only cost three thousand. So, what? Wh- why can't they donate to charities? Yeah." Or, or buy a Christmas tree? Because I think because they give Because the we're boycotting of, Christmas, Tyler. But, but, but like, And they say the number of the, it, for the charity donations is like $600 or something. Which, yeah. like, that's if, not three... Like, you have... Th- what this means is you save $3,000. Yes. I they understand specifically... Sp- give 1000 to charity. He specifically mentions, like, presents. He mentions, yeah. like, things that... Like, food. Like, the yeah, yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. that they would have to buy. But he refuses to put up... Frosty, which they already have, yeah, they don't. It's not a. There's, there's no price on this. Well, also, yeah. it's it's, See, it's very bizarre because the the neighbors show up, and I know the neighbors have already been jerks to him mm-hmm. and whatnot, but they are volunteering to put it up themselves. Yes, like at that point, war of attrition. Just let them do it. Yes, <laughs> and and like, presumably they don't have to buy more lights. Presumably he's already yeah. got lights. Like, there's literally nothing about. Them going on this cruise, if, if it was like, I mean, even this would not work, but at least it would be something if the plot was like, all right, we, we are going to have to penny pinch so hard in order to go to this cruise. So that's that's yeah. our motivation. We're, you know, like, we want to do this vacation. We got we to gotta make sure that we're prepared to go on the vacation. We gotta spend, we're going to have to spend money there. We're going to have to, you know, like, like here's, here's how it tallies up. We're going to spend exactly the same amount we would spend on Christmas on this vacation so we can't spend a single extra dime. Right. We got to make sure it all, it all works out. Yeah. Um, that would be at least one thing. That would explain at least why they're not donating to charities or buying a calendar. Yeah. <laughs> um. But it's like if they said we're not going to do presents and Christmas cards, the things that you do have to spend money yeah. on every year anyway. But, yeah, a lot of the stuff that they do, they already have. And like you said, donating to charity, that's a that shouldn't be a Christmas thing anyway. Like That should yeah. be a thing that you do <laughs> why not just because you can. Donate to charity. But yeah. they also are fine to go spend money at tanning booths. Yeah, uh, yeah, and a scene that I want to get into. D- yeah, th- like th- there's Botox injections. Botox injections, which yeah, like it's which may be and, and there's my least favorite scene of the film. Yeah, sure, sure. Oof, and there's never that. a point where they establish, oh, they're spending money on these other things so that they can go on this cruise, and that's why they have to take right. money away from the Christmas. But there's never a point where like that's the conflict. Yeah, the conflict is <laughs> they decide. We're going to make our lives harder by going out of our way to avoid any and all Christmas things. And, yeah. and then Tim Allen sends an email to his coworkers saying yeah. he will not be attending any Christmas functions. He will not be exchanging any presents or, or any secrets. Like, he, what kind of psycho? Yeah. Just, just say we're going on vacation yeah. over Christmas well, see, because our daughter is out the of the Chris, house. And, and the cruise starts on Christmas Day. So it's not like 
they're not going to yeah. be there for the season of Christmas. And also, if he had said, hey, we're really trying to save money this year, so I'm not going to be participating in the gift exchange because, we're, we're, like you said, we got to really, we got to really there pinch go. these pennies. There you go. So I'll, maybe, like, I'll still go to the party. But even I'll, then, even then, don't – why – no one would email their – or let, that's the print thing. out letters, actually, yeah. to their entire office. It's – if you have a scene where he goes to his boss or whatever and he's like, hey – I'm not going to celebrate Christmas here. And, and then you do, you do funny – it's a funny scene. Yeah, the, yeah. the boss is like, you're not doing pre- – oh, my God. Why aren't you doing presents? This the gift exchange. It's a tradition. you got to do the gift. And, yeah. like, he's he's freaking out about this. That's one thing. Right. But he's he's literally just like, I'm printing off stationery to hand to every single person in the yeah. office. I mean, it'd be Because different. I am not a human. It'd be different if the movie – like, it, it's, it's kind of – Trying to play it both ways, where where the cranks don't realize just how crazy and fantastical the world is that they live in, like they don't yeah. realize how crazy their neighbors are and how obsessed they are with Christmas. But then the fact that he does that and he's willing to go through that length of like sending the stationery to everyone in his office, I feel like he's almost of the mindset of, well, these people are obsessed with Christmas. I just want to make it clear I'm having nothing to do with it. But that's. I don't know. It was very strange. No one would yeah, no one would ever do that in that way. Yeah. Not formally. <laughs> well also but, like then, the yeah. the employees don't like none of them are his neighbors, none of them show we don't up get at the reactions end. from any of them. I think you know, like a couple his of them se- are like screwed. Yeah, like like there's a couple of token things, but that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's very it's still strange. like too much. It's genuinely absurd. <laughs> yeah. Um and, and not in a good I, way. I think I think that's the ultimate <laughs> issue with this is that the conflict at the movie center of the movie is not a conflict. It's it's a character literally just making their life harder yeah. to like I don't know, have a plot. Right. <laughs> like, a jerk trying to spite other jerks. Yes. And it's like which is what I was going to what I was saying is like the core of this movie seem the conflict at the center of this movie seems to be a clash between extremes. Mm-hmm. We don't want Christmas. We really want mm-hmm. you to have Christmas. We're gonna force Christmas on you. But when neither side the sides aren't opposed enough yeah they're not different there's not enough. enough reason for them to be opposed yeah exactly like, and like, they're not different just enough let them put up your frosty it, tim it, allen it's, yeah. it's, it's almost like you know comparing like batman versus superman to captain america's civil war one movie we have uh two murderous uh psychopaths fighting each other i'm like i don't know why they're fighting each other they don't have any differences in worldview or personality really they're both terrible and then the other film is captain america civil war Continue, Tyler. Yeah. Um, I was going to say. Basically, I, I think that is why I dis- had so much distaste for this movie. Because yeah. like, there, if there was something where it was like, I don't know. I don't even... like. There's not really a way to manufacture this motivation that yeah. they would specifically want to avoid any and all Christmas. Unless it was like there's not a way to do it without it being like a more dramatic thing where it's like, Oh, their daughter passed away and you know, they passed away on Christmas and they can't think about it. They just like want to be left alone. Or he's lost his job. This, you know, they're, they're in a financial Sure. Maybe something like that. Like I I just don't, I don't know how you create this premise in such a way that it it is not insane for him to, to just be like, we refuse. And I'm not saying that like, it's insane to not want to do Christmas because obviously like that. Yeah. Tons of people don't do it. Yeah. It's just the specific setup of this movie that they have always done Christmas and now they're not doing it and they're refusing to do any of the other like 
things associated with that that would be like generous or, or right or, yeah 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 you know and they building don't relationships with their community celebrate christmas no they just require you to help out people in need or literally just let people decorate your house for free yeah like, that's yeah. all no, no, no. We're gonna, yeah. we're gonna, we're gonna set it up so, so like the 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 carolers that walk by. Yeah, we're gonna cause physical harm to them. Yes. Yeah. And also, we're gonna Jeez. not kill the cat, even though what they did to the cat would totally kill the cat. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's awful. Um, Great CGI on those eyes, though. Oh yeah, height, was... height of two thousand four. Absolutely horrifying. Um, um, I yeah. did like the moment where, where once they think the carolers are done, and it's it, it is shot like a horror movie. Once again, feeding into the the Jamie Lee Curtis self aware thing, where she reaches down to to grab more mm. more stuff, um, like yarn or whatever, um, so she can knit. And then she comes back up, and the carolers are right outside the window. I yeah, I yeah. do like it when when they treat all the neighbors harassing them as a horror film. I really found okay, that yeah. stuff and genuinely there's entertaining. Something, there's something there that would be fun. Where if it was like the premise of this was more a silly thing, where they're doing it because that maybe you do something like they have been. Uh, spited by the homeowners association, or, or they're for whatever reason they're they're getting maybe they're getting kicked out of the neighborhood in like sometime next year or something. I don't know. It, it's something where they just like hate their neighbors because of some incident. Doesn't yeah. have to be like a, a, a serious incident, but there's just some silly thing, and they're just they want to be petty, so they're like, ah, well we're, we're going to make them lose the decoration contest. You know, it's going to be it's going to be fun. Where and then they realize they get in too deep. Because then it turns into a a, hor- a comedy horror movie where it's yeah. like all the the like they're all trying to barge into their house to decorate their house for them and like all this crazy stuff is happening and the them trying to drive out like that like it's a zombie apocalypse or whatever like mm. that's all that's all like it did nothing for me in this movie but it could do me do something for me in another movie yeah right. if the like I cared about the rest of the context um, but it's it's just so like there. This is not a situation somebody would find themselves in, and it's not funny, and it's not crazy enough. I disagree. Like this, that's fine. This this wouldn't happen. We're in a movie. This is a crazy fantasy world, and also for for me, the comedy largely falls so flat because there are two sequences that have no reason to be in the movie: Mm. the tanning bed sequence Mm -hmm. and the Botox, which are these two moments where there is he he they go to the tanning bed, and Tim Allen's like. We're going to get a tan. And, and Jamie Lee Curtis says what the audience is thinking, aren't we just going to do that on the cruise? And he's like, no, we're really pale. We're going to do it now. Also, I, I did not need the image of him holding up swimwear for the both of – or not even swimwear, tanning wear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's all – I did I, I, I did not need the image of Tim Allen basically in a thong. I did yeah, not but need you get that. It, but you get to see it. I didn't need it. <laughs> you see, you, wasn't it funny? Wasn't it good? Remember when? Didn't the, you laugh? The tool man was outlined and everything. Look, guys, the, <laughs> I never said this was a perfect film. Okay, but I, I do want to give props to that sequence where Jamie Lee Curtis is in a bikini for most of that sequence, and she's middle aged at this point. The movie doesn't seem to make a joke out of yeah. a middle aged woman in a bikini. Yeah. It's just like, oh, this is embarrassing because she's going to be. Yeah, it's embarrassing because like my my priest saw me in a state of relative undress, mm. and then uh, whatever. I did like the, the line where she first like looks at herself and she's looking around the room and she's like, "This should be outlawed," and then she just kind of yeah. shudders or whatever. Yeah, because she's like, "I'm in a ridiculous situation," yeah. but the movie isn't going like, "Look at her; she thinks she's sexy, but she's actually old." Yeah. Right. That that yeah, there's yeah. not even yeah. a joke associated with that, and I was like. That's I appreciate movie that you didn't go for that yeah. like 
we should have more of this in movies. That's However, it also is insane that it's not just like, oh, hey, I'm going to go back in there because I'm in yeah. a bikini and I'm outside of the tanning room because this... I, you didn't give me any way to contact you from inside the tanning room to be like, hey, I need a Band-Aid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, it, it's a whole, like, I don't know. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And and the and then the Botox sequence is so stupid. There's no re- there's no reason. He never explains why he got it. There's no reason for it to be in there. Oh, and it doesn't come back both, at all. Exactly. They're both these weird sequences. I mean, the tanning comes back, but they're both sequences that they don't relate thematically to anything. They just sound like someone went, you know what's funny? Botox, right, guys? To be fair. Botox is yeah. funny. To be fair, that does yeah. happen in comedies. There are just one-off scenes that have nothing to do with the True. rest of the movie. But but yes. the, yeah. the big it but, is. it has to be funny if you're going to yes. do that. Right. It can't and just be it stupid just... gimmick and then nothing else. Yeah. And this is just something that, like, so they're doing this to be young or something. But And to the Botox, because I want to give props to Tim Allen for... Again, it's not really funny, but I I admired his comedic acting in that, like trying to eat with his frozen face and like he was willing to look like an idiot, and he was like, but it was also it was impressive. There's like a bit where he's trying, it's like he's eating fruit cocktail and like falls out of his mouth and lands right in on his fork and kind of looks at it like, oh wow, (laughs) like that was pretty good. He was a good take or good timing. Improv skills, you know. I was like, all right, Tim, you just he's just a Midwestern kid, you know, trying to (laughs) find answers to life's big questions. No, I'm pretty sure he was born a dad. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. It it, it just seemed to me, just because (laughs) Tim Allen's general mode just seems to be make funny faces. So that scene especially... do a lot of like, what? Why don't... It's stupid that there's a sale. Aren't I in a crazy situation? Yeah. Where everyone's wrong but me, which works in a movie like Galaxy Quest. Sure. Right. Um, and it just, I don't know. I, I appreciated his work in that scene, but it was utterly pointless and didn't make me laugh. And I was stupid and silly. <laughs> um, and not in the, in the way that, you know, something can be stupid and silly and fun. Like a Xander Cage, Triple X 3 situation. Um, yeah, I, not, neither of those scenes worked for me or for the movie. Right. Can we talk about the fact that Blair gets engaged after like two weeks? They've yeah, and, and there's really no reason they do they have, have to. They do have a little bit of a defense for that. They talk about like how they've been friends for years, sure. but this is his first Christmas in America. But they went and to like, high school together, so maybe he always traveled back to Peru for his. I think that was sure. the idea. Was that what they said? But okay. like, the, I don't want to get deep into the lore of Christmas with the Cranks, but I know a thing or two. You mean the lore of the Tim Allen? If you if you Christmas read the correct. associated comic that <laughs> came out, well, if you read the John Grisham novel, which isn't look, a joke, look, guys, John wrote guys, book. I promise you, I have seen the Roth cut. I've seen it. I've seen it with my own eyes, and and it so is so many plot holes filled. Yeah, if you read the tales from the it's a, the Moss Eisley Cantina of this book, it's a so, it's a completely some, different animal. The color grading, the special effects, just everything's completely different. Some it's almost studio. like they brought in Chris Columbus, and they they, they let go of Joe Roth, and they brought in Chris mm-hmm. Columbus to 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 beef it up, and he ended up like reshooting most of the movie. Yeah, it was it was really insane. Like he just they 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 told. They told Joe Roth, they were like, oh, yeah, you're just going to – he's just going to do some touch-ups, you know, like yeah. that's all it's going to be. But, yeah. but actually they just kind of gave the movie to Chris Columbus, and it's like, well, what is – now it's now you completely compromise the – Chris Columbus didn't vision. even originally write the script. He was just he, – he was brought on halfway through production just for rewrites. Of course, it was released by it was released by Sony, who is the second worst movie studio, and they just completely butchered it. And know? then they decided, hey, we don't need this anymore, and then they sold it to Warner Brothers, and then here we are. 
So anyway. Justice League, everyone! <laughs> it was a joke about Justice League. You heard of the Snyder Cut? Um, but anyway, Blair. <laughs> yeah, it is, a, it is a weird, like, we've been friends for a long time, and he's asked me to marry him. But it's like, there's no... And it's... Fine, I, like I'm not. I don't really need to question this, but I'm going to because yeah. I feel like it. There's no need to like make that a like. Just make it be like, oh, he's he's my new boyfriend. Yeah, and he's coming home for Christmas. Isn't that moving fast? Not. Isn't that like? Yeah. Completely un like not a thing people do. Yeah. Well, they figured Jamie Lee Curtis wasn't shrieking enough, so they needed to give her more reasons to do that. Sure. Sure. Yeah, that is a weird. And also, like, Jamie Lee Curtis is very excited about this, and it's like, ah. Uh, Ma'am? You have not met this boy. Yeah. Perhaps wait. It's a very quick engagement, but that said, have you ever been in a hut and someone's in an adjoining hut? I mean, all you're going to want to do is join those huts. There's a job of the hut joke in there somewhere. <laughs> I'm not going to... I don't I don't care what Tim it Allen, is. Tim Allen hears about this proposal and he says, no job Wanga. So... <laughs> there we go. There we go. All right. Would have been better if I thought of that yeah. before eh. you... It's fine. All right. <laughs> I imagine you don't have the phrase no Jabawanga just floating around That's in your true. head. That's true. Into the Sarlacc pit with Enrique. Yes. Oy. Um and then there is a burglar at one point. So let me talk about this because <laughs> the they they This is a so thing they, that happens in this movie. <laughs> the police the police pick him up, pick up Blair uh, after being Enrique. blackmailed oh. by uh Dan Aykroyd or just threatened by Dan Aykroyd? Yeah. Because oh Dan Aykroyd has all the connections. You it's don't true. cross powerful him. powerful man. Mm-hmm. You also don't cross the streams. Um, so That was great! <laughs> the, was it? Yes! <laughs> um, the, the police are taking uh, Blair and Enrique, uh, to, and they're, they're supposed to stall because they're not ready for a thing. Although, I don't... The, the party wasn't ready. Yet, I guess. Yeah. I don't really know, like, what... Well, the party wasn't ready because, oh, they blew out all the lights in the neighborhood with... The Christmas, li- but uh-huh. oh man, Christmas lights blow. Isn't that funny, guys? High jinks. Never seen that before. Um, the they they so anyway, they, the police are taking them around and they're they're going slow and they're like, oh, there there's a domestic uh, disturbance or whatever, like a burglar or something. We gotta go. We gotta go find him. Yeah, take like a take a long route. And then there's this there's a good thirty second scene where uh, is it Jake Busey is, yeah. is is running around after this burglar on a fire escape. Yeah, because they, they make up a reason to go to uh, make up a disturbance, but then they get there and find out, oh, there is actually a burglar yeah, going yeah. on. Yeah, and and so they they have to track him out. But then, so they get the burglar, and the burglar's running around. I'm like, okay, here's going to be a funny side plot where the burglar makes it to the car and drives off, and they're freaking out. They're like in the back, like, oh, what a burglar! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness! Isn't this, this funny and crazy and zany? And they got to drive around, and police got to chase them, and you know it's this crazy night. And then they get to the party, and it's like, man, you guys want to believe the night I had? Um, instead, the burglar gets gets smacked by J- Jake Busey into the window of the car, mm-hmm. and his face gets smeared across the window as Blair and Enrique scream. Yeah, and that's just that's the scene. And like, it's not <laughs> very like he looks silly. They scream like Freddy Krueger yes. just showed up. And it's just like okay, like like the other bits in the movie where where people are screaming and it's supposed to be a, a, a yeah. horror movie parody. It's funny, not it's not no, funny, but but I get the in- the, the intent, intent is yeah. that oh, it's supposed to be it's like funny okay, for it, one of us. 
Sure, sure. It's funny for Alex because yeah. the intent is that because I'm the, a sick uh, monster. <laughs> correct. Is that it's like okay, so the, you know these these Christmas you know uh, like very very mild mannered Christmas neighbors they're they're being insane and, and freaking out and, and making them terrified. Like that's funny. Sure, whatever. Um, this is an actual like. Th- th- this would be a terrifying thing to experience in yeah. real life. Why is this in the movie? Why? Yeah. What? And then what? they bring... Do you think people screaming is funny? How... Are we sure Chris Columbus is okay? <laughs> Tyler, it's because the script needed to reach 90 pages. How many... Well, there are not a lot of weird screams in Harry Potter, are there? The first two? Uh, they're a decent amount. Yeah. Maybe he they're has, in there. Maybe just have like maybe he has like he has a thing for screams, you know. It's like a Tarantino and feet, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Columbus and guys. Screaming. How many people do you think had their sexual awakening to Botox Tim Allen? <laughs> I like me a smooth Tim Allen. I'm, I'm done with this conversation. You, you began the podcast earlier. <laughs> you, you mentioned I didn't want to make it, but you brought you've you've crossed that boundary, so we're going to go there. You 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 mentioned you're like you were you were. Making a joke about Alex Sturton, his his description or his backstory for this movie, oh, and yes. you said I was a boy of thirteen, and I wanted to bring up the scene with Jamie Lee Curtis in a bikini, but I <laughs> was going smart to restrain and myself. Mature of you, um, so I'm not doing that now. <laughs> but that's why I'm here to. <laughs> nice. So anyway, good job, yeah, everyone. Anyway, they bring the 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 burglar back with them to the party leave him in the car because they don't need to actually book this guy they're just gonna go yes. in and hang out at the thing. <laughs> spike eric for sullivan comes out there and talks to the guy and the guy's like look i got four kids i just want to give him a good christmas i'm freezing i'm hungry spike lets him out undoes his cuffs guy goes in starts stealing a bunch of stuff crawls out that's the, what burglars you know like these, be burgles come on like it would be funny if it was like oh he ran away yeah he just like starts sprinting like that spike yeah, turns yeah. around he looks back be a very low-hanging fruit joke, but at least it's like, sure. okay, it's funny. No, he, he's burglar like, got away because... Burglar's like, there's a house full of people here. I can get out on the roof. Yeah. And I'm not going to go to literally and... any of the other houses around that are yes. empty. No. That are empty because of this party. He's, or too, because he's of, yeah. too dry of a bandit for that. Sure. And then he... He's, he's stepping on the lights and, like, he, he yeah. can't... There's, like, a clear, like, two feet between each row of lights, but he, like, can't... He's like, oh, I'm, ste- stepping, on, no, I'm stepping on the other. Yeah, exactly. I'm, oh, my goodness. It's like, and then Tim Allen sees him and doesn't register. He's like, hey, get down. Buddy, are you okay? Come on, man. Get down from there. He's not registering. This is a weird thing. When this guy can't, he gets so mad at there being a butcher that knows about chocolate, which is a thing from earlier in the movie, <laughs> that infuriates him. But this guy on his roof, he's like, well, this is a little strange. Okay, the, the burglar the- falling off the roof and he lands on the hood of, of Tim Allen's car. Tim Allen's reaction going, oh, my car, is like yeah, the most kind of Tim Allen thing I've yes, ever witnessed yeah. in my life. And I'm the, like, and oh, oh, oh you're not concerned with the safety yes. of this guy, first and foremost. It's your car. And, and then he's like, hey, what's in that bag? Yeah. He's like, what are you, just. It's so stupid. <laughs> it's but that's why I love it. Yeah, no, I, and I do get that. There, there's um, another bit, bit that annoyed me when uh, Enrique meets who we would later, Marty, who we learned to be Santa, and he's being like, oh, hi, Enrique, hello, limp fish handshake and all that stuff. And they start speaking Spanish to each other. And he says, oh, I lived in Peru for five years. It's so wonderful. I miss it, blah, blah, blah. And he reveals in Spanish that he's a musician and he plays the guitar. So then they all go in to sing a Spanish Christmas song. Santa does not play the guitar. There are two guitars in that scene that both of the police officers are playing. Right. 
just, just, it's right there. Also, speaking of money on the table, De Niro on the table. Revisiting the scene where Santa beats up a burglar with an umbrella. Yeah. Um. So there, there's the running gag, which I kind of like. This is actually it. Never really made me laugh, but I was like, okay, that's kind of fun. Sure. Um, of them saying, "Who, who is Marty? Do we know who is Marty?" Which I'm sure is stolen from somewhere like I, I know that that's been done better in another mm. movie i can't think of what um i think when blair says it it's that's the best one sure yeah because tim allen well because yeah because tim, tim allen oh who just who, do we know him and he's like oh marty yeah everybody knows marty yeah <laughs> yeah you know yeah. marty come on yeah. you know that um, that's one of the few times where tim allen just being a smart aleck like it, it works yeah. So so let's 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 rewrite that little that little last scene so that it's actually Tim Allen. He's his umbrella's leaning up against the door. Please or something. please tell me, Tyler, if we do another rewriting episode, this will be one of your picks. <laughs> please tell me that's the uh, case. He's he's he sees the umbrella sitting there. The burglar's getting up, starting to get away, and he grabs the umbrella and knocks him out. When it makes so much more sense. If the payoff of the Marty thing was that then Marty steps out and he says, I told you you need an umbrella. Not uh, as Santa, uh, yeah. but as Marty. Sure, sure, sure. And then he's like, oh. And then he takes out the hat and he's, he puts the hat mm-hmm. on. He's like, oh, it's, yeah, it's me. And he's like, oh, it's you. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Like, and then the M&M show up and they're like, he does exist. And he's like, they do exist. But, like, that is making the payoff work for two bits. Yeah. When in the movie... The payoff for the Marty thing is that he comes out, he hits him with the umbrella. We're like, what? And the, Because we can't really recognize that it's Marty right off the bat. And then he's like, I'm Marty. And he's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. just think about it, guys. Yeah. <laughs> just, just do things better. Have you considered <laughs> that? Can we also talk about the, uh, the opening credits uh, to this movie? I don't know if either of you guys noticed this. Uh, they have a weird, spooky vibe to it. They do a little bit. Also, one of the music supervision. I, by the way, the music in this movie is terrible. The score is so intrusive and bad. Yes. Um, um, and the music supervision was by a guy named Little Steven. <laughs> so I think they couldn't get Big Steven. <laughs> <laughs> they had to pay extra exactly. for Big Steven. Okay, yes. exactly. There's one in the budget. Well, that's my. They pulled, so my they pulled a Tim Allen and they said, "Do we do we want the cruise? I think we want the cruise. It'll save us. It'll save us three thousand dollars. Our little Stephen money." My <laughs> assumption is either one of two things: um, either Chris Columbus had bought like the the fonts for the Harry Potter movies in bulk, and so he's like, "Hey guys, just you gotta. I, they're going to waste anyway. You gotta use them." Yeah. Um, yeah. Or perhaps the uh, my my theory that I think I like better. Is that uh, Sony bought them uh, in a font yard sale from Warner Brothers following the, uh, the Scooby Doo movies? Ah, <laughs> uh, there are only two of those, sadly. Indeed. Now, now I'm just imagining like this this version of events where Chris Columbus has just finished the first two Harry Potter movies. He's completely exhausted, and it's around <laughs> Christmas time. And he spends all of the money he made from both of those just on Christmas stuff. So he's super bitter. He doesn't – he lost all – I thought you were going to say he spends all the money on Christmas with <laughs> <Yeah>. the Grinch. <laughs> he's, he's, he spends all this money. He, 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 he's just like, oh, oh, like, like basically Christmas like ruined me. Like I've got nothing. All, all this money I, I, I made from these two big movies is gone. Um, so he's super bitter, but he's, he's tired at the same time. He's like – I need to take on more work, but I just my heart's not in it. And then this this idea for Christmas with the cranks comes across the table. And is like, all right, I'll write this in a weekend. 
And he's just <laughs> he's just like fleshing out all of his his bitter anger and frustration yeah. with Christmas. And it's just like incoherent nonsense. And then they made it. Yep. And he's furiously writing as typewriter. He has a whole scene where there's a, a talking, shrunken Rastafarian head. And he's like, that would never work. Crumples it up, throws it out the window. And Alfonso Caron, it lands in front of his feet. And he's like, <laughs> hmm. Yes. Precisely. Gravity. <laughs> made it fall to the ground. Yeah, and then he wins two Oscars. He's a brilliant filmmaker. Man. I did have a. I think Alfonso Cuarón is the anti Chris Columbus. I also think I might hate Chris Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. Continue. I, I I had a couple more thoughts, and then I think I'm about done. Uh, the okay, first one I wanted to go back to the opening with with the rain and 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 Tim Allen just constantly like getting water poured on him. Yeah. For some reason, if the setup is supposed to be I want to skip Christmas, I feel like we need to start from a place where he feels like. Like, he's feeling anger at the Christmas season. Sure. And the fact that the thing that instigates him seeing, like, the, that billboard with the cruise on it, it's not like some Christmas event or something. Like, I was thinking of, like, he has to go to some Christmas party sponsored at his office, and they make fun of him. They're just like, sure. oh, you, you always get the worst gifts for everyone or you know, something like that. Yeah. Like... The thing to really instigate it and to trigger him, like that moment where he the, the the light switch flips for him, it has to do with something that's not really related to Christmas at all. And I thought yeah. that was strange. Um, the other thing I yeah. wanted to talk about was the hickory honey ham scene because I think that is hysterical. Um, where Jamie Lee Curtis has to go to the grocery store and she's oh, chasing the old lady to get the hickory honey ham. And I just wanted to bash my head into a brick. <laughs> I thought it was great. I was. I thought that was so like when it was Shame like, oh, it. It, oh, she drops it. Oh no, it's rolling. It rolled under. Oh, oh, is she gonna get? Nope, truck ran over. Oh, I thought that was great. <laughs> but my favorite I, part is when she's running and she's not looking and she falls on somebody's cart and it just goes flying and she just starts screaming. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Jamie Lee Curtis is genuinely trying this movie. Yes. Really I, I, I like a lot of what she's When she gets to. back to the house and, and he's like, what happened to the hickory honey ham? Don't ever say the words hickory honey ham in this house again. I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 I found all of that just amusing. And that's all I got. Um, I feel you. So I'm looking at uh, Chris Columbus's IMDb. Yes, I was. Gonna, I wanted to. Get this here. is a rich vein, and we're we're gonna get into it off mic. Sorry, audience, we got other stuff to get to tonight. But I do want to say, Tyler, he is gonna be directing the Five Nights at Freddy's movie. I, that is exactly what I saw. And what, so, well, I saw he was attached, and I cannot yeah. think of a movie I would like to see less than Chris <laughs> Columbus directing a Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, because there's there is a let's just say a um the. If if this if his filmography was a heart rate monitor, I would be severely concerned for this person's health. It is all over the map. <laughs> yeah, um, it is. Well, specifically it is like crazy. like he just quick summary. He made Home Alone. He made Mrs. Mm. Doubtfire. Yeah, he, he was a writer on Gremlins. Sure, sure. Um, but then and the Goonies. Um, but but jumping ahead here, uh, he did the first two Harry Potter movies, which we recently discussed and did not like either of those very much. He wrote this. Yeah. He directed Rent. He directed Peter, Percy Jackson and the Olympians, The Lightning mm-hmm. Thief, and which I like, is yeah. a bad movie. <laughs> I, I don't remember it very well. I, I, 
enjoy it's a bad movie mm. largely probably because i enjoyed those books as a kid sure. but that is probably the goal that when you were trying to adapt a movie which i think he failed with both that and the two mm. harry potter movies yeah. and then he directed pixels so I, you know what yeah i like rent i will go ahead and say i liked rent i don't i don't I, hate I have, rent but i haven't I know seen rent in a long time so yeah. i may feel totally differently now yeah. But when I when I saw it in theaters, I remember, and my memory of it is still pretty positive. Like, and that might have come from a place sure. of him going, "Oh, I'm not doing a YA fantasy thing. Yeah, I get to make something that I'm really passionate I, about, and like get to really dig into. That's for me. Like, yeah, I I, I don't really have any major problems with it. I know uh, a friend of the podcast, Alex Prime, mm. uh, she she enjoys it quite a bit. Sure. But I also know that there are a lot of music musical head theater heads who who just abhorred <laughs> yeah and, and that's one where i can see it going both ways it never really bothered me but at the same time i could yeah. watch it tomorrow and hate it who knows um so do you guys want to jump ahead to letter grades final letters sure fatality alex your turn get over here f <laughs> i'm i'm going f too yeah <laughs> i just because casting Marcus for Lawrence is such a good thing, but <laughs> like I like him a lot, but he didn't get to do anything. So, but no, what yeah. if you cast him and all he does is have a conversation with uh, Tim Allen behind a, uh, an SUV, and then uh, Tim Allen steals his Christmas tree, and he doesn't get to really like use the great comedy chops he has? Yeah. What, what if that's all you do with it? Yeah. Does that really, you know? Yeah. Who knew that saying, or we could cast this guy as like. The subway loving, subway sandwich loving boss of a Best Buy, not of a not Best Buy in a TV show. That that's actually a rich, interesting character that he digs into throughout five seasons. What is this, Chuck? Oh, really? Okay. And it's a funny character that he's really charismatic and fun in for five seasons. (laughs) And or he could try to restrain Linda Connor. No one can restrain Linda Connor. Alex, give us the bad news. Not Linda Connor, Sarah Connor, Linda Hamilton. I'm trying to I'm trying to think about how much I just want to spite you guys and upset you. That's fair. As long as you're in your truth, Alex. <laughs> it's like what I said when we played Resistance recently. I know my truth. <laughs> I think I'll, I'll just I'm, I'm just going to go with a D plus. Um, okay. Which I know probably sounds high. I had a good time yes. watching it for D movie. No, it is a it is a bad movie. You you will not yeah. hear any argument from me to the contrary. Um it's bad. But it's just a question of if it, if you find it funny or not. And I found it right, funny. Right, exactly. And if you can enjoy yourself during yeah. it. Yeah, 100%. Best I, I can give you is a D, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, well, gotta... too bad. Moving on. <laughs> so yeah, guys, we have a surprise bonus movie we're going to discuss. That is true. Coming up on our big Christmas uh, special right after this break. <laughs> hey everyone, it's me, Regis, breaking in here to give give you an ad. Now, have you heard about the uh, the, the the committee for legendary creatures in the Santa Claus movies? Well, get ready, Santa Claus Four is coming down the pipeline, and there's a new member. It's me, it's Baby New Year, Goo Goo, and whatnot. In this specifically credited as Baby New Year Regis, Baby New Year Regis. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> and the pacifier's coming out. Oh boy, in this buffo holiday bash, uh, Santa Claus, he's back, um, and the baby <laughs> New Year's been stolen. And so he's got to come get me. I'm the MacGuffin! Ho! The MacGuffin bin. <laughs> and... Is, is it, is it going to be called Santa Claus for the Regis Claus? No, it's Santa Claus for Entered the MacGuffin. Entered the MacGuffin? Yeah, that one. <laughs> We'll see you there in 2021, and, 
Merry Christmas. <laughs> Directed by Zack Snyder. This film is not yet rated. All right, guys. Well, uh, now that we're back on the podcast, we want to announce our new, our, our second, our new sponsor, our new sponsor, Audible. <laughs> Audible. That's right. And what now? Audible is offering a lot of great audiobook selections. You can get the Skipping Christmas audiobook. And who, who, who's doing the narration on that, Tyler? <laughs> that would be Regis Philbin. <laughs> <laughs> but is this him going? What the heck is this? What? Read it just, out loud. Just stops. The but they can buy the book. It stops in the middle. Just like, this is trash. I don't like this. I'm gonna do Alias Grace instead. I was a young peasant girl. You can read. They thought I. They thought I killed Anna Paquin. Did I? No one knows. Literally. You can read Skipping Christmas. Mm-hmm. You can read What to Expect When You're Expecting. You can read. Uh, um, uh, probably there's which, like which is just really it's just two hours of Cameron Diaz saying a baby. In it's increasingly, gonna be a baby. In increasingly desperate tones. Um, you could probably. I think isn't there like a isn't there like a Duck Dynasty cookbook? <laughs> I, I think there is. And I think you're exactly right. I think it is. Um, and like I don't know, probably like mm, the Maze Runner, yeah, the third oh, one. Only the third one, though. <laughs> I think only the third one. Only which is called. Oh, it's almost the third Maze Runner called. It wasn't the Scorch Trials. That was the second that's one. What I, almost, that's what I was thinking. Uh, you almost got, got me. You got me, you got me. you got me trapped here. Uh, I think it's, uh, I believe it's the Maze Runner 3, There Will Be Blood. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought it was going to be Maze Runner 3, We Promise There Will Be One More After This. <laughs> uh, yeah, and Audible, you, you should sponsor us. We'd give you good ads. We really would. Um, I used to do book recording as a volunteer thing in my previous uh, when I was much younger. It was a lot of fun. So hey, I can talk about that. <laughs> um, so <laughs> yes, uh, our Alex, do you want to do you want to take do, give this gift to you? Would you like to to announce the movie that we're doing the second? Because I think we've just flipped the enjoyment of the movie. I think we have. Around. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Uh... Never have I been less excited to do like a bonus surprise film for everyone. We're doing Elf. I can probably think of a time when you have been less excited. Shh, we don't talk about that. We're doing Elf <laughs> from t- Elf from 2003, directed by John Favreau. Ba, ba, it has ding dong ding dong ding dong in the credits. Going completely Christmas. the different Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Going down a, oh we could have done that before Christmas. Going down the completely opposite path from Christmas to the Cranks, it has an eighty four percent critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a seventy nine percent audience score. Interesting. I would have thought yeah. the audience score to be like in the nineties. Yeah. Oh boy, that's right. One of my holiday favorites, Elf, directed by the great Jean Jean Favreau. <laughs> who came Jean out of, Favreau. <laughs> my name is Jean Favreau. That's very good. What movies have you directed? Iron Man 2 and 1. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, so that's our podcast for this week. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, now, shall, shall, we, shall I start with my best and worst? Because I like this movie a lot. Sure. Cool, I didn't think about it. Um, <laughs> but I can do it quick. Because a lot of things I love about this movie. I'm missing my best thing about this movie. I'll go ahead and say Ed Asner is Santa. He's my favorite movie, Santa. Mm-hmm. In this and all of the other reindeer. I think he's played Santa in some other things. I just think he's great. He's very warm. He's very sweet. He's very funny. Um, but he has kind of a curmudgeonliness to him that never like... It's not like a... It's just like something about him. His kind of gruffness that, that 
is some dimensionality to the character, but is it like, oh, he's like a gruff Santa. Um, I just really like him a lot. In general, I think the performances in this movie are fantastic. Um, worst thing? Huh, goodness, I may not have one. I feel like I actually did come up with something when I was watching. It was a few days ago that I watched it. Um, I don't know what. Was I'll, it the part where uh, Elf kills civilians? <laughs> it might have been. Um, I'll say I don't have a worst thing, but if I think of it, I'll, I'll, we, you, we can circle back. Directed by Zack Snyder. Yes. Um, Zock. <laughs> Zack Snyder. Uh, Hello, it is me. Uh, We get them right between the eyes. Um, So in this film, uh, the Batman, he's uh, he's very sad. He's very... The the suit is so heavy. Uh, He can't eat all the... um, How do you say? The hot dogs that he loves. In my movie, the Batman loves the hot dogs so much. But he can't fit in his big suit. The Morgan Freeman, he say, I help the man out of jail. I get you the big suit. And he wears a suit, but he can't fight. So he's very sad all the time. Uh, and the, the whoosh whoosh, uh, how you say? What is happening? The whoosh whoosh. He flies. He has the, uh, the red cape, the rouge. Uh, you know, he say, the, how you say? He flies. Of, uh, he goes around the world. Underdog. Underdog, yeah. Well, no, he is uh, under chien. No. Uh, C'est un homme super, how you say. He flies around. Uh, he say, ma mère, c'est Marcel. Batman say, ma mère, c'est Marcel. Oh, brother, hey, frère, they hug. Um, they fight the big rock. And then the lady, she shows up. Um, we get her name. Dwayne Johnson? Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson, sorry, The Rock? The, big, the Rock, the big yes, fight. they fight The Rock. Literally, the movie, The Rock with whoever's in that movie. I feel like I need to stop the podcast for a minute. I, I, I know we typically don't like to, or at least I don't like to stop with, with, with like, oh, hey, here's what's going on right now. I don't like to date the podcast. But no as we are recording, the reviews for Cats are coming out. <gasps> it is at a okay. 16% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes with like 60 critics so All far. All right, guys. Okay, we're going we're to the going to right now. <laughs> I would love if we did have a cut where it's like, come back to us going, okay, Elf, it's great. Listen. <laughs> we should, though. We should delay this podcast. If, I hadn't, if we had planned this better, we would have done that. <laughs> Rushed out to go see it. <laughs> and then come back like, okay, so I like when the raccoon jumps on his face. We just, what? <laughs> just completely ignore Elf. We just drop it. Oh my goodness! Oh, we should have thought about that. I just felt, I just felt like, like I needed to, to share that with everyone. So hey, spread the best spread some, of mice and spread men, some right? Christmas cheer. Oh my gosh, guys! I'm, it's right. We're so close to a theater, and and we're not going to talk about Star Wars right now. Anyways, well, yeah, 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 um, we're, talking about cats. Look. <laughs> we're talking about cats right now. Please, um, I mean, I'm sweating. <laughs> Because I'm going to the movies tomorrow, I'm probably going to see Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, which is like the polar opposite of everything, but, oh, I could see cats. <laughs> <laughs> or you could not. So Listen, anyway. I'm going to be really upset whenever I see it. I'm not going to be upset that Alex isn't seeing it with me. So Elf. I swear, elf. this is going to be one of those so situations those are... where you guys are going to kidnap me and force me to watch it. It's going it's to happen. Accurate. Mm. <laughs> Tyler, what are your best and worst things about Elf? Yeah, um... I think my best thing is the cast overall. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is a very uniquely cast movie, and, and John Favreau, I would say, is, is pretty good at, he at, is. at choosing the right people for the job. Um, with Will Ferrell, um, oh. Zoe Deschanel, 
Yes. James Caan. Like, that's just James such Caan's a, like... really good what? in this movie. Um, Mary... Mary Steenburgen. Steen- yeah. Steenburgen. Um, I forget what... Oh, she is... Uh, the one thing that I, I noticed was she's in um, Back to the Future Part 3. She's the... Oh, uh, you're right. The, she Doc's, Doc, she Doc Brown's love interest. Um, and is delightful in that. She she's she's just wonderful. Like she's such a great like bubbly like yeah she's a lot of fun. like sort of counter to James Caan in this. Um, and then uh, uh, Peter Dinklage, of yeah, course, so just good. just showing up and like with an American accent. Me. Yes, because yes, he is actually so American. Um, I know a lot of the world may not actually know that. <laughs> yeah, and and I love that that the the outcome of that the the. The famous uh, "He's an Angry Dwarf" scene is that he totally just beats the crap out of. Yeah, when I was watching, I've like, always been a little cringy about that, but I'm like, but I guess that he does. Like the movie is not supporting that. Yes, that thing. Yeah. So yeah, um, and and uh, Peter Dinklage is famously very very selective about the mm-hmm. roles he takes. So I, I don't think he would have done it if he wasn't like comfortable. Like it, I think he and he wasn't famous yet when he did it. But right. like, but but still. he's he's done interviews before and stuff about how like he feels like there are some roles he turned down yeah. that probably slowed down how quickly he was able to rise to fame sure. because they were exploitative, exploitative yeah, of yeah. him being a, a, a little person. Um, and so it's kind of like yeah, that, I think, makes me feel better sure. knowing that he was like comfortable with that. And I'm sure John Favreau, just, just imagining John Favreau pitching that to him, I feel like that probably worked out pretty well. I agree. Um, Unlike Andy Richter's in this, yes, uh, Amy Sedaris, Kyle Gass. Amy Sedaris was a big one that I had forgotten about completely. Peter Billingsley, mm-hmm. speaking of Iron Man, mm-hmm. um, and Christmas stuff. It's it's just like a, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, to the brim. This is my favorite Will Ferrell performance. I, I think yes. it's interesting. Ge- I think it's genuinely beautiful work from him. When Stranger Than Fiction came out a few a few years later, everyone was like, "Oh, he's so good! It's like a drama." And that was what really kind of kicked off my whole annoyance at people assuming that you can't be good in a comedy, that like drama- dramas are real acting, because I think this is like a fully formed character that he performed. I think it's very very funny, but I think it's genuinely good acting. And I I I, I understand when people watch this movie and feel like it's creepy or annoying. I never get that. I feel like he walks that line really beautifully, and he just plays the innocence so wonderfully. And a lot of that comes down to the script is really smart and genuinely fun and playful. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just think yeah this this could have been much like Oof. this could have really gone over the line. Could have been so tone deaf yeah. of of being just completely like creepy, yeah. <laughs> like like it yeah. But no, I I think he is just mm-hmm. gorgeous in this, and I think James Caan is super good in it. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy his work in the because he feels like he's actually like trying, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Anyway, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, I, I mean, that is ultimate best thing. Yeah. That especially Will Ferrell being the center of it is like mm-hmm. I think he he does a great job. And it's you know um, we're not going to just quote the movie the whole time, but how good are his line deliveries yes. in this? Like he just nails it every single time. Yeah. Um, and Zoe Deschanel as a blonde. <laughs> yeah. I'm not used to and seeing that anymore. Also, like, a serious actress. Yeah, really charming, really funny. Um, I'm, I'm not making this up right. She's in uh, The Assassination of Jesse James. Yes, she is. Uh, for, for literally, like, a scene. And, uh-huh. and, it, and these are, like, obviously this is a much sillier version. She's playing kind of a straight woman. Yeah, she, role, yeah, she, yeah she's straight But um, yeah. the, the, still, like, <clears throat> this, and, and she's in uh, 500 Days of Summer. If I'm not completely that's correct. mixing up my actresses, um, I'm very bad with names, so I can remember faces pretty well. But um, as we've established before in the podcast, uh, but all of those make me very sad that she does not do more of that these days. Sure, uh, 
Although I'm, I'm sure she's enjoying herself a lot because she does a lot more comedies than. And she's, and she's like I mean, I love her on New Girl. Yeah, she's great yes, on that show for sure. Um, but it is very much like I feel like, and I, I feel like I wonder if that's something that down the road someone will be like, oh, let's, yeah, let's yeah. pull her back and make her do a, a prestige whatever. Yeah, throw her um, a bones if you will, because her sister is on Bones. Ah, uh, the drama. That was smart. Thank that was you. a layered joke. Yeah, it was a thinker. My worst thing about Elf is uh, something I have not thought of until I'm saying the sentence, and so I'm trying to figure out if I, know, I can come right? up with it on the spot. I frightened it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like when I was watching, maybe there's like a specific sequence that maybe was a little iffy for me, sure. or something like uh, maybe like a specific joke or something. But I, it's, if it's not coming to me now, it must not have been a big. I really don't. Oh, and we the cast. We've got to mention Bob Newhart. As Papa Elf, Bob Newhart, oh, yeah. who is like a legendary stand-up comedian, he was he's, well, he well, he's still alive. He's hysterically mm. funny. He has this great bit about Superman going to the dry cleaners. He's uh, you know the whoosh whoosh. Um, <laughs> he's oh, Bob Newhart is just everything. I remember I saw this movie in the theater with my mom, and she was just cracking up at everything Bob Newhart mm-hmm. did, and she was like, "Bob Newhart is the kind of comedian where you have to kind of understand his comedic rhythm to get why he's so funny." And I was like, okay, yeah, I totally believe you. And so then after I saw some of the stand-up and got to know him a little bit better, I was like, no, yeah, he's so good. He's so mm. funny. Yeah, I love Bob Newhart. And there's a lot of great, like, jokes of everybody, like, sitting on his lap and everything that's really yeah. good. Ah. I don't know if I have a worse thing. Yeah. I mean, I'll, 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 yeah. I'll come back. I'll put a pin. If, I, if, if cool. something comes to me, I will. But, like, and it is hard. I will say. Uh, I, and, Britain, I feel like I'm probably in the same boat as me. I've seen this movie so many times. I associate it with good memories of yep. watching, watching this movie with the fam. And, uh, like, going back to, you know, when the movie came out. Like, mm-hmm. I remember watching this with my cousins when, you know, way back way back when. And, like, I, I feel like there are, it is pr- probably hard to objectively be like, all right, let's break yeah, down the, the, the critical uh, worth of yeah. this movie. It's just, it's, yeah, it's, um, I, I agree. I think it's the last real Christmas classic. Sure. That in terms of that, I think society has adopted and said we have now deemed this a holiday classic. Yes. I think Polar Express is close, and I personally love Polar Express. But I think that Elf, and we also from two thousand three. That's I mean sixteen years ago. But I think it's a movie that this is the most recent movie that I can think of that like as a sort of species we've all gone. Elf is the, is a yep. new part of like the holiday movie rotation. Um, I might I may be wrong, and this, this might change in a few more years. We might see Christmas Chronicles or something join that list, but I, I think Elf is, is probably the last one that I can think of. Alex, yeah, uh, I, I don't want to be the downer too much. I, I, I don't have a whole lot to say it's about okay. it. Um, it's too little. You could be the Donner if you want. Mm. Release the Donner cut. Oh wait, they did that. Be, um, well, anyways, Blitzen works. I'll be Blitzen and Tyler's. I don't know, maybe Comet. I buy it. Cool. Anyways. That's what the BuzzFeed quiz told me. <laughs> There's got... There has you to know, be... It was, a, it was a BuzzFeed quiz of uh, which uh, astrological exactly. uh, object are which you? <laughs> how do you eat cereal? Astrological. That's how do you eat cereal? Blitzfully? Dashingly? With a red nose? Or like a space rock? <laughs> <laughs> It was kind of... Yeah, it was reindeer, and then also, like, which planet? Right, it was strange. 
Anyway, Alex, what are you best and worst about Elf by John Favreau? I, I just I just went to see this this Buzzfeed quiz. That's like that fig, figure out which reindeer planet uh, <laughs> <laughs> color and waffle restaurant you are. And it's just, <laughs> huh? I'm Neptune, Donner, and Denny's. Weird. <laughs> I've been there once. There's really no way of knowing. Alex, you're the Denny's expert. Do they have waffles? Uh, they can if you want. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> Do you have smelt? <laughs> All right. You can if you want. All right. Okay. No rules, just right. I'm into it. I would like human flesh, please. All right. <laughs> Coming up. Don- hey, sure thing, Mr. Donner. <laughs> <laughs> And bringing it back. Woo! <laughs> All right, now I'm actually going to stop for Alex to talk. I've seen this movie, I think, three times. Um, this is not a movie I regularly watch. I, I don't think I... I uh, weirdly enough, aside from Christmas with the Cranks, I don't really have like a normal movie or movies that I have yeah. playing at least in the background during Christmas time. I don't tend to do that. Yeah. Um so it, it's it's a very interesting contrast because I, I don't really have like a huge nostalgic tie to this movie. Um, so watching it, I was just like, it's it's fine. Um, yeah. I think in terms of best things, I, I'm going to be honest, n- not a whole lot stuck out for me in terms of like, oh, that's something like I really latched onto and was like mm-hmm. really excited about. Um, I'm just going to go with like the the general charm of the whole thing. Yeah, like it's just like, like I. I, I it's it's much better than Christmas with the Cranks. So even though I sound down on this movie, I'm 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 not. Um, yeah, it's this nice warm feeling in terms of just like it's one of those movies where it's kind of like comfort food. It's just like oh you know it's just like a nice time whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just a bunch of characters you you kind of like and doing wacky things and I don't know. People aren't terrible like in Christmas with the Cranks, so that's correct. Nice. Yeah. Um. I think my worst thing is just going to be how how just kind of generic and cookie cutter a lot of the story is. Um. Particularly James Con's turn. Um. That felt very quick, and it, I I I felt at a certain point like I was watching like an hour long TV show and not like a full length movie. Hmm. I mean, TV is the new movies. Correct. Anyways. <laughs> Sopranos was probably on TV in 2003, right? Oh, <laughs> Or the, well, the Wire certainly was. Yeah. One of those. Yeah. Elf is the same thing, really. Really, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's one of those things where it's like, well, it's, it's like 90 minutes, whatever. Like, it, it doesn't overstay its welcome. But at the same time, like, a lot of the emotional beats it was trying to hit, I felt like it was getting to them way too quickly. Um, mm, it felt like when it got to the end with all the stuff with Santa crashing in uh, in the park, it felt like, mm. oh, we got to wrap this up in like 15 minutes. Let's go. Hmm, um, sure. So, yeah, I, I, yeah. It, the, the pacing yeah. felt off for me. Yeah, it's hard. And this is like, we're just, like as I've watched it so many times, it's hard for me to know whether I don't feel like the pacing works for me or whether I'm just so used to it that I'm like, yeah, this is how the pacing works. Mm. Right. I'm just, I just know this, this is what the movie is as opposed to. Like you said, how, how how objective can I be when I've watched it so many right. times and also love it so much? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, also, this isn't a worse thing at all because I did like Will Ferrell overall. 
I think once I realized his mode of acting in most of the movies he's in is just to scream or shout because it's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, he has he has been quoted as saying, "I just think yelling is funny." Yeah, like which I do too. I, sure, I think depending. I'm. F- I feel more comfortable with Will Ferrell, particularly if he's doing that, if he's a side character, um, mm-hmm. like in the other guys or even something like old school. Um, but it's when obvious. he is the main character mm-hmm. and uh, he does that in nearly every scene he's in, I don't know. It got a little grating for me after every, a while. He's not in every scene. He didn't nail that much in this one. A good amount. Eh, he did it more than you'd think. Uh, but I also feel like in this, in this, it, 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 I, this feels more character motivated. Oh, sure, sure. But I, I'm, I'm just I, thinking I would strictly say like – I know Will Ferrell. I know what yeah. Will Ferrell movies are like. Oh, that's a thing sure, he sure. does. And going back literally to the last movie we talked about, Jamie Lee Curtis is screaming throughout Christmas yeah. with the Cranks, and that didn't bother me at all. So yeah. take that as you will. I, I was going to say, I, I, would, I would say that I agree that he does do yell, a lot of yelling in this movie, but I would also agree with, with Will Ferrell that I think it's pretty funny. Yeah. And no, no, and, and so, there are parts where it is funny, gonna... like 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 the bit where he first shows up at the mall and they're like Santa's coming and he's freaking yeah. out. Like that's a funny yeah. moment. Yeah, and I guess some of that too is he hadn't established that mode of acting as much when he had made Elf. So like for me seeing it, I was like, this is so funny. Yeah. Whereas if I was a person who had seen all of Will Ferrell's other movies and then saw this, I'd be like, oh yeah, he's doing that again. Yeah. Right. Whereas for me, this sort of established it rather than continued it. Right. And I think it's m- more just because like I- I've seen this type of movie a lot, so just. The plot of like, oh, I need to find my father, but my father doesn't believe me, and he thinks I'm crazy. Yeah, boo, 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 where's my dad? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's 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 what I said in the theater when I saw it for the first time. Um, it was just <laughs> well, like a lot. You couldn't find your dad, and it is one. You're <laughs> standing there with your mic and Ike's like, what? and it is one of the thing those things where it's just like, well, it's been 15, 16 years since the movie came out. What do you want? Um, so I'm, I'm being a little unfair in terms of that, but it's just like a lot of the plot points just felt kind of stale and basic. I and it was car- can... and it was carried. The movie was carried by good performances and some some funny comedy. I tend That's to redundant. feel about like stale plots. I tend to feel the staleness only bothers me depending on how well they're executed. Right, and this is a movie very well executed. Yeah, I, I think it does it really well. So even though it is very familiar, I feel like this is one where I go, ah, this knows how to do it. Right. Um, one of the things that I love about this movie is, because you know, Christmas is a very, very, very special thing to me that I love very, very much. And this movie is so much about the joy, not only of Christmas, but of joy. And I've recently realized like, the reason that I love Christmas so much, I think is partially because like, I'm I I am a very sad person by nature, which is not always communicated by my uh, actions and jokes. But like, I have really bad depression, and I get very sad very easily. And I'm, you know, Christmas is is the time of year where that like all the great Christmas movies for me anyway are about like depression and negativity and those bad thoughts being usurped. Like Scrooge is a grouch and a grump who is redeemed by finding happiness and kindness. Right. And, like, this is a movie about renewing Christmas spirit and and getting people to be happy. Not forcing it, but rather helping them to find what makes them happy. And a lot of – that's why Christmas means so much to me. Is like, oh, this is the time of year where I can, like, get healed from this, like, thing, this this thing that's always on my back. I can, like, get that off and just, like, just sentimentality and sincerity takes over for a month, which is so necessary. Right. And – 
in the Christmas episode of Librarians, they talk about that. And a lot of movies do that really well. And I, and I think that's something that this movie does really, really beautifully without... I like that it's so sentimental. And it is cheesy, but it doesn't read to me as cheesy. It reads to me as sincere. Right. And I don't want to say that argumentatively because I don't think you're, you're arguing against that. No. But that was something that occurred. Well, one thing I realized, time. especially once we get to, to the bit where, where like... Um, Buddy has inspired Zoe Deschanel's character to go out and sing, and and his his brother's gone out and he's he's helping them. I was like, oh, this is like this is like a secret Superman movie. Oh, okay, sure. I get it. <laughs> Once I realized it's like, oh, he's like the really optimistic go getter person, and he inspires yeah. everyone around him in a very cynical world to be better people. Oh, this is John. Why is John Favreau not doing Superman? Yep. Mm. I, I had that my brain I had that click in my in my head when the third act started and I was like oh oh uh, oh no why is that not a thing <laughs> that'd be really good yeah. that'd be really good I also so that that's the part of this movie where I just start crying over and over again but also there's a scene in this movie where he's at the was at the doctor's office because to get a DNA test because you know guys uh, speaking of James Conn he was in a movie called Sicilian Vampire. And a line from that movie, I think, applies to this one, which is, blood is the Google of the human body. It tells you everything. And... Uh, what was that movie made? I don't, I've never I, heard of this. It's a, it's a very small passion project from Canada that I heard about on the Flophouse. Sure. Um, and I am desperate to see it. I was kind of hoping so, Britain was going to be like, it's a small passion project. I haven't actually shot it. I've reached out to James Kahn, and he hasn't exactly, responded. But I'm yet. trying to get... I'm, I'm pitching it to Jimmy Kahn. It's, uh, it was made by a guy named Frank D'Angelo, and if anyone out there in Radioland knows how to hmm. clue me into how I can watch that, write into one, two, three, sequel street, care of Britain... Um, or just send it to the Titanic. I'll I'll send the message. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was it was made in 2015, which is sad because I was kind of hoping Shocking. it would be like a like a 2009. Yeah, I thought it was like, much earlier. Than where that, it's like though. Google was like a brand new thing. So it's right, like, right. we have to mention oh, no. Google. <laughs> no, it's mud. I did not. I thought it at was, least it's Google and not like... Bing. <laughs> Bing. Sure. Blood is the Bing of the body. <laughs> um, <laughs> sponsored by Microsoft. Quick plug. Go listen to the Flophouse or episode. Whoever, on did Microsoft Empire. make Bing? I don't know. I've listened to that episode so many times. It's so good. That's the flop house. Anyway, um, uh, but, but there's this where he's at the hospital to get the blood test, but he's sitting out in the waiting room, and there's this little girl who is the, like, one of the cutest kids I've ever seen in a movie. She is so cute and so sweet, missing teeth. And they have that great exchange where he's like, but, and, and he's playing it very quiet in that scene where he's just like, yeah, I'm, well, I'm a human, but I was raised by elves. And she goes, oh, I'm a human raised by humans <laughs> and then she tells him, tells him what she wants for christmas and later when his brother is reading off the list yeah. on tv and he says it she's like thanks buddy and i just start but she says it in such a sweet little kid way i'm just like bawling can you remind me oh, it's so after cute. he gets the finger prick does he go back outside and sit with her again and she's like it's not that bad is it, i think i think it's all after the it's because the whole okay. conversation he's got the cotton because ball, maybe that's why i'm not so high on this movie just because i have a fear of needles and like going to the <laughs> doctor and and like I, I, and john favreau, and john, <laughs> john favreau. um john favreau. That, that i'm just like i i feel Do i you feel want to watch the thorough i feel i feel <laughs> buddy's pain i i just i can't handle this right now <laughs> sure maybe that's it um i also really love the music choices in this movie <laughs> A lot of the score is, you know, your, your your instrumentals of Christmas traditionals. 
But it also uses um, Pennies from Heaven when he first gets to New York, which is such a like that works so well without even necessarily be. It's like John it's Favreau, he knows how to how to use music and depict songs. He really um, does. And then like, later like, on between the, on the I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but but no, like uh, between the Iron Man movies and, and like ACDC, and then like just the weird offbeat choices choices he uses for Chef. Oh sure, yeah, yeah, Chef is great. Yeah. One then he has the song when they're on the date, Jovi and a uh, 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 buddy, and he plays "You Make Me Feel So Young," the Frank Sinatra mm-hmm. song, which works so well. Cause like, oh, we're sweet and we're on a date, but also like he has his childlike wonder, and they're doing all these like sweet activities. I thought that was really great. Right. I, I, for some reason, the music really like registered with me this time around. That like that's really smart and not directly on the nose. <laughs> Other movies. Um, uh, did you guys find the scene where where Zoe Deschanel is like in the shower and and they're singing? They're singing Baby, It's Cold Outside, which kind of a creepy song when you're just looking at the True. lyrics. Yeah, yeah. You're kind of a creepy song. It's a movie that plays very differently in 2019 than in 2003. Yeah, that's where he's, and and I, it still works, I think. Ultimately it's just supposed he, to be a romantic duet. The entire reason it works, in my opinion, having, having watched it this time and had that in my brain and being like, yeah. mm, does this work? Is because Will Ferrell immediately runs into a locker. And <laughs> yeah. It's the funniest thing. And it immediately is just like, oh, okay. It's, it's, he's, yeah. Like everything. And the, yeah. It and just, he's playing it with total, like, oh, songs, Christmas, yay. Yeah. yeah. There's no, and it's Again, he is, he is really walking a thin line with his performance mm. in terms of both creepiness to her, creepiness to, uh, like just playing a yeah. kid, basically. Um, and, and being able to, like, sort of ride, that line of like he is a human adult and and so like he is mature in some ways like yes he has grown like he he knows generally how the world works but like there's so much about human culture he doesn't know Mm -hmm. um that both him and the script i think do a pretty solid job of not making us think about it too much at least like i think this is a movie where there's a lot that could come up where you're like Oh, why does he know about that? But not that. Um, how does yeah. that work? And, and, and in the hand of a lesser actor, it would be off-putting. Yeah. And it would be like, or, or a lesser director or screenwriter, you'd be like, okay, I don't want to watch a guy run around in tights. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. But he manages to play it with innocence rather than like, I'm a man-child kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. My favorite... Which, I mean, in a lot of movies, he does do a man-child sure. thing, but he does it differently in this. My, my favorite gag of his is, is when he runs to put the, the star on the Christmas tree. Oh, right. And uh-huh. he, he walks out of frame, and I guess it's so they can have, like, a stunt double in his place. Yeah, probably. Um, but then he just, like, rushes at the tree and tries to hurl himself <laughs> on top of it, and it just falls over. Yeah. It yeah. just collapses. I think that's – for me, that's, like, the funniest moment in the whole, yeah. whole film. I thought it was funny. There's a scene where Michael, the, the, his brother, is leaving school with his friends, and it's just, like – chatter dialogue but he's talking about a video game and he's like i got every item in the game i got full health full armor and the nerd that i am is like you mean maximum health full health just means you're healed (laughs) (laughs) you could have one out of one hit points restored and be at full health michael Mm -hmm. i mean okay let's talk about ethics and gaming journalism take you to task here (laughs) (laughs) maybe that's my worst thing about the movie (laughs) <laughs> just, the, the next hour of the podcast just turns into a discussion about loot boxes. <laughs> oh my god! This is me railing against. Well, like, this was 2003, so that's true. Games that's were true. still perfect. Exactly. <laughs> there we were. Didn't, we didn't have Aloy and new Lara Croft ruining everything. There were. There were no uh, corrupt practices in the industry. No, no, um, yeah. 
nothing, nothing. It was like the golden age. Of, it's like the golden age of Hollywood. You yeah. know, when everybody was great all the time. Yeah, everyone and no one was misbehaved. Exactly what they look like on screen, and you can mm-hmm. trust and love all of them. Yep. Nobody was in the closet by force of the studios mm-hmm. and bigotry. Everything was great. And also worse things. <laughs> That definitely didn't happen. Maybe no, it's cold not. outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, as often comes up with movies that I really like, it's hard to get into it without just mentioning multiple sure. scenes and bits that I like. Right. Such as the snowball fight scene, oh, which sure. is just incredible. That is a lot of fun. No, it is. That, that, is, that might be my favorite scene. Because, like, that, the, talking about, like, trying to do some actual analysis... Um, I think the way this movie blends comedy with fun plot points with characterization is a pretty underrated kind of aspect of it. Specifically, like this scene, this is the scene where he wins over. Um, is it Michael? Is that his brother's name? Is it Michael? Yeah, brother, yeah. Okay, he wins him over by having this absurd, crazy snowball fight. And it's it's shot in such a great way, and like specifically the the, the kid running away, uh, and, oh, yeah. and Michael's like, oh, one got away, and then Will Ferrell's like, snowball me, and like throws it <laughs> yeah, like just fifty yards and nails him, um, and it's 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 just a really fun, silly scene uh, that also sells you on like, oh yeah, this this is something that in this heightened fantasy comedy universe uh, would would convince that guy to to love him. And, and like be like, oh, yeah. hey, you know, maybe maybe my brother, my my old yeah. old bro's okay. And also, um, it, it's a it's a it, you can buy it because like, hey, what would win over a twelve year old kid yeah. being really good at snowball? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. there's that sense of like, oh yeah, you're cool. Yeah. So we're buds now. Yeah. I thought Michael was pretty good in this movie. Mm-hmm. I thought he did a good job. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's that's the strongest example I would say. I don't know if there's many other. I mean, I I think that the the uh, the date. They go on is another example of this where there's a lot. Like, he's like, "Oh, it's a crappy cup of coffee," yeah. and he's like, "No, it's the world's <laughs> best cup of coffee." And like, I love the, way, <laughs> I love the way he plays that when he first goes in. The, Great job, you did it! Congratulations! And he walks out. He just looks to this guy next to the door. Hi. <laughs> he just leaves. <laughs> That's um, very good. And then, but then that scene, that montage, sort of turning into, you know, he's running around the, uh, the door the rotating door oh, right, right and then he's he's skipping with her down the side and it's like the entire scene zoe and chanel is playing it really well where she's yeah. kind of like she's very she she's almost embarrassed to be with him but she's also like this is kind of actually a lot of fun yeah she's this like this guy's crazy him, but, but like it's kind of yeah it's kind mm-hmm. of endearing and like the development of that um oh, i agree it, i i think that the movie does a good job of making sure that it the plot doesn't have to halt so that they can do some drama yeah yeah, yeah. or that the the um or I should say, the comedy doesn't have to halt so they can do some drama, and the drama doesn't have to halt so they can do some comedy. Yeah, yeah. It does a good job of being like, we're, we're moving the entire thing along yeah. by having you be entertained the entire time, by having yep. everything be fun, by having everything tell you. I mean, the the scene with, um, or the, the, the sequence, one of my, my favorite little bits in this is him uh, building the entire like toy store, like re- oh, remaking yeah, the entire yeah. toy store so that it's this crazy... Uh, insane like fantasy wonderland of toys mm-hmm. like that tells you something about the the character like that's yeah. that's like oh he's he is actually like even though he couldn't keep up with the elves you know like right. he yeah. is a creative like thoughtful guy who can like put together this insane panorama because he's actually quite talented yeah. even if he's not elf talented yeah um and there there's just a lot of things like that where it's like the characters are doing things that make us like them 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it comes across a little because they're also making us laugh while they're doing it. Yes, definitely. Yeah, it, it balances all of it really well. And I think it's it's a nice example of montages that actually forward the plot. Yeah. And, and you get something from those montages. And, and the montages are efficient rather than, we're doing a montage. Yeah. They're, they're, it actually like establishes things yes. within them. Yes. Yeah, and I think the movie does a nice job because it's like a trim hour 32. Mm. I mean, it's a quick movie. But I think it manages to tell a complete story very efficiently. Partially because a lot of the people who are watching this, when they release it, we're going to be kids. Yeah. But I, I, I think my mom really enjoyed it when, when I can't mm-hmm. remember how old I was. Well, I was a teenager. But like, I don't know. I think, uh, I, I just think it's it's very efficient yeah. while, while never losing its substance. Yeah. It doesn't feel like, all right, get, we got to get out of here. We just finish yeah. it. It feels like, cool, we know what we're doing. Let's do it. Like the heart is always at the forefront mm-hmm. of the movie. Like, I love the way when James Caan has his turn around, which it, it, it is a bit rushed, but I like the way that he plays it. And he says, like, don't, don't, don't tell my kid what to do. You know, I like that he doesn't give this big, sudden, like, no, I'm going to give you a speech, Mr. Yeah. Uh, uh, Michael. Oh, what's my... Ah, never mind, I can't remember his name. The actor's name is Michael something. He has an Oscar nomination, whatever. Um, <laughs> but he's... You know, it just is this little thing where he's kind of like, Am I gonna do that? Yeah, I'm doing it. Yeah, don't tell my kid what to do. And they and he and Michael do this like fist kind of bump thing. Yeah. And they walk around with their arms around each other. Like it's quick, but it's very sweet. Yeah. And I don't know. I like and, I like that they didn't go. All right, time for James Con's monologue. Yeah. Well, now, now that I'm thinking about it, I do appreciate that his turnaround is not when he realizes that Buddy is actually an elf from the North Pole. I feel like that right. could have easily been it. It's almost like that's his reward, like figuring out the truth after he comes to accept Buddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and a little and nuance is, there. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. And uh, and all the chase stuff in Central Park, it's a little bombastic, but I almost forget that, that stuff happens because to me the climax is everyone singing in Central Park. Yeah. That's the that to me is is the like yeah. emotional height of that movie or apex of it. Yeah. And I want to I want to talk about that finale, but I, I want to mm-hmm. go back first. To t- we're talking about kind of the other characters and how they kind of interact with the plot, specifically Mary Steenburgen, Virgin Bur- yeah. Steenburgen. Um, she is such a great like character who's an influence on James Con coming around him. Like yeah. that 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 scene in that line delivery where where uh, they're talking about uh, Buddy going crazy and decorating their their apartment. He's like. Uh, she's just like it's just harmless fun he's like they're so committing a felony is fun now and she's like okay the tree thing was a little crazy i'll get him to plant a new one <laughs> like that's that's a great little line delivery and it's it's great because like the entire time she's trying to be like okay i i have faith that you know he'll maybe he'll snap out of it that you yeah. know like he is like a, actually what he seems to be like he's innocent he's, he's sweet yeah he's harmless like her reaction to that gives us someone who like has a, a positive influence and tells us like oh maybe there's there's somewhere yeah. this is going that's not just like gonna be some grim dark like buddy's gonna get gonna have to go back to the north pole and yeah, yeah. realize the elves <laughs> are his true family or something like that um and i think specifically like again talking about characters doing things that endear us to them the fact that buddy makes them lunch yeah and it's it's spaghetti with syrup yeah but but he's like oh i made you i packed you guys lunch it's just this giant ziploc bag of spaghetti <laughs> and syrup. like that's it, it's great little moments where it's like oh this guy has no idea what's going on but he's really trying yeah he really like he's he's endearing he's yeah, charming absolutely. he's really trying to win over these people because he loves them yeah unconditionally and mary seamurgen is the one that realizes that yeah and is unsure of how to encourage that yes 
but still wants to encourage it. But she's like, by encouraging this, am I encouraging this potential delusion? Like, mm. what? Yeah, and I like that we also don't witness... We don't come into like, this is a broken family. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, this is a family where the dad's a little lost because mm-hmm. he's so obsessed mm-hmm. with work. But you don't get the feeling that he and his son hate each other. You don't get the feeling that he and his wife can't stand each other. It's yeah. just like, this could be better. There's a bit of dysfunction, but it's yeah, not. Yeah, but it's I mean. not like they come in and this family, it's all, but he has to save them completely. Yeah. He does, but it's it's not like the stakes are so high right there, yeah. which is nice. Because it keeps him from getting... Too, dra- too, too dramatic. Mm-hmm. Too, hey, let's take this little boy to a judge and have him uh, choose between his parents or whatever they did in Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, it's just... Uh, what a film. Truly. Um, I was going to say, oh, about the going back to the, the climax, though, yeah. um, the moment, because watching this again for the 20th time or whatever, um, it was sort of, I was, I was following along, I was actually doing some, some like Christmas shopping and stuff, and I was kind of like, okay, enjoying this it's a good time um and then it hit the point where santa sleigh is is flying through Mm. the new york city skyline basically yeah like that is that it gave me chills like uh, no matter how many times i've seen this movie like it still hit me like that is just such a great shot of of specifically all of them singing and they're like oh yeah you know we're having some christmas cheer and then santa sleigh just goes Roaring over them and just like right when James Conn starts actually singing and not just lip syncing, yeah, it it flies right over Mm -hmm. him as he Mm -hmm. starts to, and it's this this glorious shot of it just floating the sleigh floating through uh, New York, and it's just really really powerful. And I think it, yeah, yeah. it it is a, I think it is an excellent Christmas movie. I completely uh, agree because it it hits you with the feeling you're supposed to feel at the end of the Christmas movie harder than maybe any other movie. Sure, I mean, like, the, the, obviously there are classics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, but in terms of like, this is the joy the of of not just Christmas, the joy of being joyful yes. and having fun and being happy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, boys, do we want to start wrapping up since we're about two hours right now? Sure. Cool. <laughs> wrapping up uh, this podcast like a present. Yeah, I mean, with a little bow. I, I feel kind of bad because I really don't have that much to say about the sure. movie. Like, that's okay. I don't know. Uh, I value you. Grade wise, I th- hey Alex, I value you. I see you. Okay, I see you too. I see you, I see you through the <gasps> screen. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One thing, I, I real quick, I do want to yeah. mention um, that I think maybe under underappreciated about this. Obviously, there's the the fun like oft repeated uh, jokes from the beginning with him walking through the uh, the oh. animated claymation mm-hmm, stuff and mm-hmm. like, uh, bye buddy, hope you find your dad. Um, but that is a really great homage yes. to like like it's a it's it's a really silly weird sort of surrealist surrealist mm-hmm. uh, thing of him like he's just this this grown man just walking yeah, through yeah, this yeah. claymation forest and it's got the snowman who's basically the same snowman from sure, the, yeah, from yeah, the later movies um, and and like all of that I think is a really fun weird way to get you in the tone immediately of like okay this is this is not like a real world situation right, right. it's going to be heightened it's going to be fantasy but yeah. it's I agree, and and it's a loving tribute to something, and not, like, not it doesn't feel like a cop out or a yeah. knockoff or something. No. Agreed. Agreed. I'm gonna give it a B minus. Okay. Um, like I said, it's it's for me, it's it's kind of a, a stale, generic, slightly cookie cutter plot, but it's very well executed. It's 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 consistently funny and good performances. Sure. A plus for me. 
I'm I'm torn because <laughs> I feel like this is because like I've used the excuse in the past for uh, Ant Man and then also um I think I said this for the Santa Claus too uh that I feel like if a movie is does not necessarily have grand ambitions and it's trying to hit a particular like goal and it achieves that goal I still don't necessarily feel like I can give it like a full grade just because it did what it set out to do if what it set out to do doesn't impact me as much as maybe it could but like this achieves its goal so spectacularly for me and I I, I don't necessarily want to rank it alongside like I don't know I'm trying to think of, of ones we've done for the podcast that I've given an A+. plus. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Sure, sure, that's a good... Yeah, like, I, I don't know if I necessarily want to say, like, yes, it's as good as that movie. But I also kind of feel like this is actually a, a fairly ambitious movie in terms of uh, I would the, the premise and the overall kind of way it's trying to pay off. And I don't know. This, this Christmas, I'll give it an A+. Plus. <laughs> I honestly don't see how this movie could be made nowadays. Yeah. Like, like in terms of its, like, thematically and the emotion of it, I, I don't see how it would be made right now. No, that's not true. But I, I don't know. I feel like this is, it would be harder to pull off something this sentimental, I think, nowadays. Probably. Yeah. Uh, speaking of sentimental, real quick, just dovetail into my recommendation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to recommend the original, 1947. Uh, Miracle on 34th Street. That was the one that I thought of immediately after saying, this might be might hit Christmas better than, uh, than yeah. any. Yeah. <laughs> it is uh, directed by George Seaton, starring the great Maureen O'Hara, John Payne, Edmund Gwynn as one of my favorite movie Santas, and Natalie Wood as an eight-year-old girl giving some of the best shade faces you will ever see in a movie, on par with Anna Kendrick, if not better. She <laughs> gives looks of, what are you talking? Like, better, th- it is amazing. Um, basically, it's the story of a man who arrives in New York um, uh, during the Christmas season and claims to be Santa Claus, and is he, isn't he? You'll have to watch to find out. Uh, it's like a trim hour and a half. It's, a, it's one of these great old movies that is, you see this a lot more in older movies, it is deeply sincere. It wears its heart in its sleeve. It is completely sentimental in a really beautiful way. Um, it handles the question of is he, is he or isn't he Santa really nicely. The performances are all great. John Payne is really, really good. I mentioned Natalie Wood. Edmund Gwynn is magnificent. He actually won an Oscar for this oh, uh, role. Yeah, which like the only person ever won an Oscar for playing Santa. He's so good at it. Um, and by all accounts was a genuinely wonderful man. Uh, and it's a movie that I was also happy to realize. It, it, and it's on Disney Plus, by the way. It's on Disney Plus so you can watch it again. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's right there. It. Check it out. Um, and it is. We know you have Disney that... Plus. All of you, yeah. all of you out there <laughs> in TV land. We know it was. You all have Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah, we have the Bono. Put it on all your devices. But um, but there, it's an old movie that you don't have to watch through your fingers because it isn't filled with problematic stuff. There's sure. a few moments, just like little off-handed lines and whatnot. It's a very white movie, <laughs> not just black and white, but white movie. <laughs> it's, it's a also... white Christmas, a very yeah. white Christmas. But but it's also a movie where one of the lead characters is a divorced woman, which is not something that, like yeah. the the Bureau of Decency or something at this time like had a problem with the movie because of that. Like you did not see that in 1947, and uh, it's just really well done. You've also got um, I can never remember his name, but he makes these amazing faces 
he plays the judge, and he's and he's uh, such the a Joker. <laughs> he is he's got the the poison. Yeah, he makes, he's exactly. Got the rictus smile. It's Arthur Fleck as uh, the Dark Knight's the Joker. Gene Lockhart, Gene Lockhart, who makes he's a he's a very sassy judge. Um, uh, there's a little boy that's really annoying, but he's only in one scene, so that's <laughs> fine. Uh, but no, it's just a really sweet, uh, fun movie that is just full of the type of charm that you can only get out of an old movie. And that's not a curmudgeonly, they don't make it like that anymore. I mean, the charm that we make in movies now is just different. Yeah. So it's great to go back and see the way they were doing it in 1947. It looks great, sounds great, feels great. Miracle on 34th Street. It's great. Cool, cool. So next week, we're, we're wrapping up the trilogy. Mm-hmm. With the with, trilogy, with Santa Claus so, Three: uh, The Escape Clause. Finish up your uh, your, your your Christmas hands. <laughs> uh, take down the ceremonial meats. Yeah. Uh, throw that tree into a wood chipper. Tyler, and, not yet. Uh, do, we, do we have to take down no, no. the ceremonial meats if we if we don't want to? Hey, we... uh, yes, you do. Oh, okay. that's very important. Oh, okay. no, you it, don't you don't want to know what happens. It becomes a very different type of meat. <laughs> <laughs> the nights are so cold. <laughs> it becomes provocation meat, and it's just. Uh, but um, yes, yeah, so next next week you'll be able to, to wrap up your Christmas with uh, some "Here Come the Sequels" yes. goodness. Uh, well, thank um, you guys for sticking with us to this uh, supersized holiday mm-hmm. special, and we can't wait to see you guys next week. For yeah, a, uh, a regular episode that should be a holiday special, but you know, it's fine. It's whatever. This whole month um, is a holiday. This whole month is so, a holiday special. That's true. Um, you can find us online here come the sequels You can find us on Twitter at HCT Sequels. You can find us on email here come the sequels at gmail.com. I said it already. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and. Little, uh, little, little Christmas gift from me to all of you. Uh, we are now on Spotify. Oh, are we really? Awesome. All right. You can go search totally. it right now. We're, we're breaking all the news tonight. Cats, yes. cats, Rotten Tomato scores, and we're on Spotify. It's a good time. <laughs> it's a good time, gentlemen. The New York Times headlines, uh, whatever day this is of 2019. Yep. Cats, bombs. Here come the sequels on Spotify. Cats bombs HCTS gloms onto onto fan. Oh my god! We had negative two viewers. <laughs> the elves' names in Elf are Ming Ming, Lum Lum, and Choo Choo. Just want to get that in, guys. And my name <laughs> is Britain. And, and my name is Alex. And I'm Tyler. And you're all having a good night <laughs> I thought you were going to be like a good <laughs> night <laughs> Merry Christmas to all, to all a good night that's Merry, the thing yeah Merry Christmas guys see you next week <laughs>